up, E? What up, Liddy? Don't what up, me. What up, Z? Hi. Hey, Z. What's how are up? you? I'm doing great. All right. Today, we got a guest. Introduce yourself, Z. Because you, e, e likes for me to introduce the guest. I prefer the guests introducing themselves. Okay. Well, my name is Krenzina Francis, but my friends call me Z, which is why you guys are allowed to call me Z. Oh, you no, said, she, said wait, she said we're not allowed. You hear that? I said you are. I know. You keep that seat. up, though. You're going to have to call me with my full government. Oh. <laughs> mm, there you go, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thank you for coming out, man. Um, usually we, we record as much as we can, but again, even slacking, it's not, you know. I do take that. I take it. Hey, she's been slacking. It's, it's, I, I got to call her out. Somebody got to put it out there. Accountability is 80% of <laughs> you recognizing that there exists, a problem exists, and the other 20 is you putting in the effort no, to combat No, that. the other 20 is still you denying that before you get to the 80. So you're not going to acknowledge that I just said I'm 80%. So now, now you're passing it to me. Now you're passing four. You see, you're not accepting what happened to the 80%. Hey, Z, how are you? <laughs> <doing great. laughs> yeah, she already tried to blame me. After she gave 80% accountability, that Woody, 20% got deflected. Woody, I miss going back and forth. You yeah, don't, because how many times said, yo, E, let's record? <laughs> Wait, but I did bear witness that I was trying to book this session, and it was you. And you know why? Boasting her a little bit. No. First of all, we here today after I said, you know what? This is it. I'm going to actually say that I made the call, and I and was, then he was like, I'm not, I'm not prepared. Oh, you know why she made that call? That's that eighty percent, that accountability, that respect. It. You know what? I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two percent credit for that. Oh, okay, Woody. Thank you so much. Uh, so, okay. what you been up to? Uh, I've been working. I've been slowly but surely getting the house to the point where I feel that this is my vision, and most importantly, I'm currently in the market. I want to purchase a boxer. A, a what? <laughs> I a, know I built that up, right? I, a, a boxer. I want a boxer. A dog? Yes. Oh, my God. Don't show you the one. Hold you want to buy? You don't want to adopt? You if I'm the able shelter. to adopt a boxer, full-bred, AKC certified boxer, absolutely, hands down, I'm in. Somebody did their homework. Absolutely. And that's almost impossible to do in New York City. So Right. So I have to go with the purchase option because this is something that I want. Well, before that, weren't you against getting dogs here? No. When I was telling you guys, I said, you guys should get some dogs. You should adopt, come down to the shelter. No. I was against adopting <laughs> a dog because I have issues with adopting pets. You have two cats you adopted. Not from a shelter. You know I actually moved into their space. <laughs> really? The house? the house came with the two cats. The cats are like, yo, we're not moving. The cats are like, I'm not packing, we're not moving, right. and that's so it. I actually that moved into their space. space. I like mm -hmm. that. Right. But the, you know, actually, the cats actually run this house. Like, they, moment, they go out the door on their own, they come back in As on their they own. should. I moved into their you space. Were here first. Yeah, but she respects that. I didn't like cats at first. I actually like cats now. Her cats are great. Did well, my no. cats change your opinion or your feeling towards cats? You say or? your cats? Yeah. No, I started liking cats before I met your cats. That's how I was so comfortable around your cats. I did, but no. She asked me, "Did her cats change my opinion?" And I said, "No." I actually started liking cats before I met her cat. 
Oh, before. I didn't hear Oh, so you guys are not listening. I see. Okay, well, I, remember, I, I, I see how this is going to go. I see, I, I see how this is going to go. we discussion about you speaking slowly so that we're able to catch all the words that you're trying to enunciate. I will be accountable from this point forward. Thank you. So back to you, Z. <laughs> Do you own any pets? Yes, I have two dogs. I have a Labrador Retriever, which I'm trying to give away because she's uh, crazy. And I have an English Bulldog, which is he's my sweetheart. Did you purchase these dogs or did you adopt them? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I spent a lot of money on my dogs. I purchased them. So my question to you is, right, how long these two dogs been together? Uh, right now it's been four years. Yeah, I think if you separate them, it's going to be a problem. Which is why I just, I, I kind of like dream and wish about getting rid of the rambunctious Labrador Retriever. But I know if I do anything, they're going to end up staying together forever in my head. <laughs> yeah, because once you break them apart, they, you're they, going to break their hearts. They don't operate separately. Huh? They don't operate separately. Like, they have to be together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Walk one without the other. They, like, they get depressed. So, that's I already I was, know I can't. That's why I just asked you. I was like, y'all have to because they're very hence, attached to each other. Hence why they had to move outside the home, because they were in my home for the first, like, two and a half, three years of their mm-hmm. life. And uh, when my partner came into the house, uh, that became a no-go. So... He has built them a beautiful dog house, a beautiful kennel. It is beautiful. I did see the kennel. It's a very large kennel. It has a top over it now. You guys covered it? Yes, we're going to put a heater in there. So, like, I I think my dogs are, like, the best house dogs in the neighborhood. But I feel better about them being outside. Seriously? Yeah, it's a good balance for us. I don't know. I'm, like, my dogs, I I don't have dogs, but when I do, they they will be inside. They're not going to be in my bed. I know that for sure. But they will be inside my house. the life before you can make that decision. No, I'm Haitian. Every dog is outside in Haiti. Like, literally. (laughs) They do not let the dog stay inside. It's a reason for it. Like, I'm still getting the doggy smell out of my house. And they've been outside for months now. So, Wow. Yeah. Because I've, I've been to people's houses and they have dogs and I don't smell anything. I didn't smell anything, but that's the problem with being a dog owner. Is like, And I've had people come to my house and say, oh, I didn't even realize you have dogs. Like, I, I, They get mm. bathed every other week. They they are very they eat very healthy, so like mm. they don't have doggy smells. But I realize what it is is that now that they're outside all the time, I can smell them more. Because it's not around you? I think so. I think so. Your nose is not adjusted to dog. it. Oh, when thank I went you, to your home. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I definitely want dogs, man. That's, that's, that's one of my dreams. I'm like, cause I, I, love, I love dogs, man. They are great I love pets. dogs. They're great pets. So mm. let me ask you a question. Since you did mention that you purchased your dog, why didn't you adopt a dog? Because Woody is, um, he's adamant, or let's just say that he uh, he's into adoption. He actually volunteers at adoption agencies. So Woody is pro adoption. adoption. Very. Every pet I've had before these two dogs were adopted pets. We went to the um, what is it called? Uh, ASPCA. SPCA, yeah. yeah. And we would pick out. So I've had cats, I've had dogs, and we've always gotten them from the SPCA. And being because I grew up with that, mm. I understand that every pet that you adopt, you also adopt the issues that they they've come across before they come into your home. So when someone else's responsibility was raising those pets, it was. Mm. Oh, I didn't have an option. That's what we did. But I realized that almost every pet that we got was insane. Like, they had issues that were hard to kind of, like, overcome. And it takes a lot of time and energy of yours mm. in order to be a good parent, in order to be a good pet parent, you know, to yeah. some to, to an animal that's been through what you don't know. And, and for me, that's actually the joy of it. Like, if I see, like, they going through certain issues and I could actually help them out, because I've, I've – 
being at the shelter, I see so many different dog personalities. There's dogs like you can't even go near them without them feeling like, Arr. and there's dogs like they, they just want to be touched. They just want to be walked. So it's like you see the different personalities, and when you see their history, it's like, wow, man, I see why. So if, again, when you adopt and bring them in their home, in your home, it's like you have to understand you got to give them time. It's not like you just communicate with them like a human being. So it's like it's like you both have to just understand each other and slowly adjust. And I'm telling you, the meanest dog will come around. That's all dogs. That's all pets. Period. What I'm what my my understanding was, um, it just took because any time you want to adopt a pet or purchase a pet and bring a pet home, you are literally giving of yourself. That pet. I, I sometimes I joke that my pets like they own me. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, owner, walk me. Yeah, owner, pick up my crap. <laughs> yeah, owner, you. feed me right. on schedule, right? But I, that's my responsibility because I, I've decided to bring you into my home. So it's my job to, to have the time to take. And when I go away on vacation, like, they get a good dog sitter. Like, I, I can't just, I Leave can't away not, anybody. right? So think about that as a baseline and then add on top of that emotional and mental issues that they may have because they've been abused, because they've been through. And I'm not saying... I, I feel like anybody who, who does take one of those dogs mm. or pets into their home, they ha- they have to be able to understand the responsibility. It's an awesome responsibility you're taking on. You know, I me personally, I got my dogs to be like my um, what do they call them? Uh, support pets. Mm. Uh, both of my dogs came at really hard times in my life, and it was just I needed them to not need me as much. To mm. you know, and I and I had them as babies, so I can like procure the type of animal I wanted and. That was my reasoning, but I completely understand why adoption is his ideal. It's my it's thing. It's an ideal, though. <laughs> I even I'm, I'm into adopting even kids. I'm just into adoption. I'm just like just into somebody or something needing you that you don't need them, but they need you. And you actually, like you said, you give them a party, you give them your time, and you make a difference. Like you don't gotta change the world as long as you 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 make some type of difference in it. Your job is done. You are changing the world, mm-hmm. but every every. Every person you touch, every animal you touch, you know, like I think that sometimes we minimize our actual impact. For that person, for that animal, you have made their life better. So we, I think we all change the world every single day. And a, a lot of us don't take into account accountability how much our we impact each other because we all are going through it, whether you're animals or human beings. We all have a, a tough time every single day. So the way I interact with you is important for me to know that when, I, when you walk away from me, it's not a negative experience. Yeah. Right? I, maybe I phrased it wrong by saying not change. I'm like, not like, because people try to change the world by making like a huge impact in one shot. It doesn't have to be like a huge shot. It just has to be like you said. You make a difference in some type of way, and and, and a positive difference, and and that's what I like. Yeah. So Woody, being an adoption connoisseur, <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give someone who's had a negative experience when they adopted a cat? Uh, myself. Um, treat it like this. You have coworkers. You have one bad experience with a coworker. You don't think every other coworker is the same. I'm sorry. I want you to talk to me in terms of animals, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You have to look at it that way. You have right. to like. You have to open your perspective on like exactly. It's it's a pet has characteristics. Also, they have personality. Right, but an, a person can communicate verbally to me. So there's a different dynamics with me not getting along with a human being and me not getting it along with my pet. So. As a, I'm serious. So as a as an adoption connoisseur, I want you to like maybe enlighten me or maybe give me some advice as to 
what maybe perhaps something that I did wrong or what occurred because I have a negative outlook on pet adoptions now. I think you just, you got to go to shelters because shelters, most shelters sometimes have stories on the pets. So you got to do your research. Like when I volunteer, I do matchmaking. So basically if somebody comes in, it's like, you know, I, you know, I want a puppy, this, 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 and that. Then I start talking to the person. I'm like, you don't need a puppy. You need like a young dog. Because a puppy requires a lot of attention. You, you, you're 20 something years old. You're hanging out with your friends. Who's training this? Who's training this dog? Right. So you got to do your research on what your lifestyle will fit. Cats are weird. To me, cats are a little weird. Because <laughs> it's like they need you, but they act like they don't need you. Right. Yes. So it's like they different. For me, dogs. I saw I said dogs have more character, but in general, just that's why like I said your situation is a little different. You, you inherited them with the house. So, well, no, I don't. I'm, I'm not referring to. I'm talking about adoption in general. Ivory. I'm referring to Flora. Oh, Flora. Yes. You know, Flora was really nice to me. Then I did something she didn't like. She really slapped my hand real fast. I think I. I what did I do? That touched like right between her eyes. I was petting her. She. It was crazy for a while. She was liking it. Then she came back a couple times. I did it again. Then she came back. I did it, and she didn't like it. I'm like, what the hell just happened? She's bipolar. Well, <laughs> she. I think she is. She was a well-behaved cat in. I guess like she didn't attack people or she didn't bother people when they came over. But anytime she saw an item on the couch, she urinated on it. Territorial is she? Uh, my son got rid of about 10 plus different comforters because, you know, when he would sleep and you know how the comforter would like hang off of the floor or something, mm. Flora would jump on on that little corner that was on the floor and she would urinate on it i couldn't keep rugs in my bathroom because she would go on the rug and urinate on it so it was like you you she would not just get on the couch there had to be something on the couch like if you leave your jacket Mm -hmm. you leave uh, a t-shirt any a, a pair of socks anything that you left on the couch she would jump on the couch and urinate on it. Sounds like she doesn't like cotton or something. And or maybe that was like a, a learned behavior from her prior home. I knew her history. So she came from my home where there were about 20 cats and they were all kind of fending for themselves uh. in the home. So when we first received her, she was like a little under one, but she wasn't like a kitten. She was mm. sort of like a teen. So we we kind of had her, you know, for a while. We had her for about eight, about seven, eight years, and her behavior never changed. She always had cat litter that was always clean because you know you can't. I was in an apartment at this time, so her cat litter was always clean. She always had water, always had food on the side, you know, away from her cat litter. I provided all the accommodations. She had like various cat beds and different areas where you know she can uh call home but for some odd reason she used to like to urinate on and i could not tolerate that because i always feared that she urinated on something of mine and i'm outside and people are smelling it and i'm not even aware that i'm smelling like cat urine and it was just a frustration because um I wanted to get rid of her so bad, but I just couldn't because I knew that the history she had and 
I was providing a better life for her. But I just felt that she wasn't being appreciative. (laughs) That's a cat for you. Well, since you want to speak on animals and humans on the same platform, I just felt that I wasn't receiving the appreciation because one, I saved you. And two, I provided this amazing environment for you, but you keep urinating on everything. But we already established cats are not like dogs. Dogs will show their appreciation. Cat, I tell you, Listen, cats are weird. Like they, they my, are weird. My very sweet bulldog, and one of the reasons why they are outside is everything you just said. All the accommodations. I am one of those. I got him because the person who bred him was like, "I see how you take care of your dogs. I need you to take this dog because you you are you will spoil the crap out of him." And mm-hmm. I and I do. And to the day that I put his butt outside, he was crapping all over my floor. A very specific spot, you uh, know, Every in the middle of the night. And the spot was ideally right between my bedroom and my bathroom, which means you can crap stuff you know, <laughs> on your way to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So, it, so you know, the appreciation factor, you want to say, you know, I wish this animal was more appreciative and wouldn't take, you know, take advantage of me like this. But they're animals. Right. And that sounds like a flora-specific problem, you know. Right. So I wouldn't say that every bulldog I come across would be like that blockheaded but then again she's I, gonna I clean it up anyway why not that's what the dog is thinking it was, it was literally and he'd be watching me from across the room like yeah get my crap i'm telling you i have a problem <laughs> with this i feel like the dogs own me more than i own uh, the well i don't that's i don't really think that is sort of like a cat specific thing no because, flora specific yeah, i that, said right mm. yeah it is a flora because as i said i inherited ebony and ivory and they are the total flip of flora these two cats were in this home alone for six weeks they had someone uh, the owners when we purchased the home from them the owners moved six weeks before we were able to move into the house they went back home to germany so since we agreed to stay with the cats the cats were in the house for six weeks alone and there is a woman that lived down the block (laughs) and she would come every week and just dump like a uh, in the cat bowl, she would just dump a big thing up, and she would come like every two, three days to change their litter and give them water. So we're talking about some very independent. Cats. So these cats were in this house for six weeks. I was having an anxiety attack just thinking of Flora's <laughs> Flora, behavior. Alone for six and weeks. I just thought of what Flora would do to this house, <laughs> left alone for six weeks. I was just like, oh wow, what she am I going to walk into? Get like and a cat when version I of home came, alone. believe it or not. The home was intact. The cats were using their litter. The food area was as is. There wasn't any weird uh, piles of <laughs> cat feces or cat. They were so well behaved. <laughs> they had proper training. Yes. From their previous like, I don't know. Owners. I don't know if that was their German training, but you know. <laughs> well, I was saying German engineer. Yo, I was just about to say that same joke, man. You beat me to it. I was literally gonna say German engineer. Oh man. <laughs> to say about like adopted pets like it matters what the issues are that they were that they like picked up before you get to them and these cats were obviously well trained they loved their home and they were well taken care of but right. when you go to an adoption clinic a lot of times i'm not saying a lot of times a lot there's a lot of people who who, who want to do good by their pets but they mm. like move they have a child you know whatever things that happen lifestyle in life. change yeah and they have to give their pets up and, and we're in a time now with that pandemic where a lot of people like went out and brought pets thinking they were going to be home forever and now they got to go back to work and they can't do it so this like if i'm not mistaken i heard a lot of shelters that, it like, went back up yeah it went back up like you said people just like hey i'm going back to work i'm not home all the time anymore so 
my lifestyle changed. I can't accommodate this pet anymore. And it went and it went back, and it's kind of messed up. It is. But yeah, man. But doc, that's what I say. I mean. So that's how you're gonna introduce today's topic. No, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yo, you know, I was watching the other day going into today's topic, What's right? That? The other day, I was glimpsing through the TV. I seen the, the WNBA games was on. Okay. And I'm like, oh. And I looked at it for a second, and I flicked back to... What was that uh about? No, no, it's, this, this listen. No, I have to stop you Hold right on, away, relax. I, like, I didn't say, oh, we discussed that. I was like, oh, like, okay, oh, they, they playing. Like, I was unaware. No, seriously, I was, like, literally unaware, like, the WNBA season is ongoing right now. Like, okay. And I'm a sports guy. I know, okay, NFL season is starting, NBA so season is starting. So are you trying to say Hockey's... that you're a sports guy that does not uh, care about women's sports? Which is crazy. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. You see, you guys you guys are trying to trap me here. <laughs> this is, I mean, no. you opened this can of worms. Let me speak. Let me speak. What's the crowd? Oh, look at the crowd. Let him speak. Let him speak. No, like, which I'm telling you, it was like, I was like, oh, they actually playing. So which kind of goes to today's topic, like, things that are different to the public. Which is like, you know, women doing things that you don't normally see. Because it was weird. I remember when, when Vince, what's it, Vince McMahon? Somebody started the Women Football League or whatever, which is weird. They had like little lingerie and stuff on. I'm like, okay, this, this is basically a gimmick. <laughs> this, this makes absolutely no sense. Right. So it's like when you start seeing things that's different than what you're used to and women are doing it, it's like, okay, like, is it weird? Is it, is it, does it catch you off guard? So this was kind of leading to this topic as far as women doing non-traditional work. So when you see a woman doing a non-traditional job, it's weird and no. it's gimmicky. Well, not it, weird. It, it, it catches it, you off guard. Doing that job in a in the lingerie is that what's weird? No, first of all, I seen them playing football, and it's like the whole setup was changed. And I feel like just because they were women, they threw them in lingerie instead of you know how you have the guys in standard football uniform. If this is women football, then play women football. Just play football. Do you find that sports have a tendency to do that, like sexualize the sport when they, they put do? Because yeah, if you look at women's shorts, are higher than men's shorts. Right. If you look at you know again physically, you have to accommodate a little bit sports bras and things like that. Yeah, you're not gonna see a woman really wearing a cup because guys wear cups. But it's still the same concept. Cleats, pants, the jersey, helmet. There's no reason for booty shorts. There's no reason for, you know, lingerie. There was no reason for that. Are the WNBA women's shorts shorter than they, the they, men's they, shorts? They're definitely a lot shorter. Than, they, they're not drastically short, short but they, they're shorter than the male. But are and you it, aware that previously men used to wear back in the days mm-hmm. those yeah short, short, the last bird short. outfit man i'm like that has to be that had to be uncomfortable man it, it was like a, it was like a petition like yo you gotta make these longer <laughs> like yeah hey dudes walking out of court pulling like yo <laughs> hey they're pulling down like back yo so yeah. now would you like to formally introduce today's topic 80 percent of it yes accountability i will I'm not looking for your <laughs> sign today. I mean, it's like you're like sign one thousand today. I'm I'm hungry. First of all, let's let's oh, cover that. Yeah, I'm hungry. hungry. Okay. I was hanging out last night. I had what they call glizzies. What are I've <laughs> never heard that before. It's hot dogs. It's it's, it's like the hood term now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they try, Teach they, me something. I've yo, never heard that before. Glizzies. I don't know if Nakai want to come on the mic and talk about glizzies. Would you like? Do you want to come on the market talk about glizzies? I mean, it's just a hot dog. It's, that's what people call it. Hold on, come on the come on the mic, come on the mic, Nakai. She's like, 
She's the one that first told me about glizzies. I, 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 I've been eating hot dogs my whole life. So uh, let us know, since you're a bit younger, you know what the terms <laughs> that these kids use nowadays. What is the term glizzy? It's just a hot dog, but the glizzy challenge is when people were, like, eating hot dogs, but they weren't, like, they were just trying to put as much as they could in their mouth. And then they were just like throwing it up because you can't eat that much at one time. <laughs> but the glizzy, they, they just call it glizzy now because of that challenge. But it has like a new term. But you can call it hot dog with a hot dog. So but if I go into the store and I ask for a glizzy, they're going to know what I'm looking for? If you go to some the hood people, store. Yeah, the hood store. Some people will know what you're talking about. <laughs> no Thank you, Nakai. Thank you. Thank you. So they, they kept teasing me. I said, oh, he's eating a glizzy. I'm like, what's going I'm like, this is a hot dog. And the worst part about it is he. It's like they sexualize it, like oh, yeah. a man eating a glizzy. Yeah, and the, it's like like when you're like it's, it's like if a man eating a hot dog a glizzy, they will be like oh he eating a glizzy. It's like it's a hot dog, so you can't even eat that around certain people, or they will call you out on it, and you can't even eat comfortably. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So yeah. I, I had a couple of, uh, hot dogs a last of night. Glizzies last night. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! They don't, right you, on that. they don't let you live, man. Oh man, and like that's all I ate. And no, no. Oh God, I have to. Let me take that statement back. Go ahead. So now I woke up this morning. What did I have this morning? I, I didn't have anything. All I had was like a strawberry blended strawberries, and I'm like starving right now. So it's like, yes, I have lack of energy. And I wanted to order food, but I was like, let's wait to, see, to when you get here to see what you want, so I can just do one order. Yeah, I didn't we did do that. that. He did say that. Did you allowed uh, us to get into this whole thing with oh, we gonna, actually ordering food, though. Go ahead and We're going to order after because I want to eat right away. <laughs> I'm known for pausing oh. and then ordering. Commercial so I breaks. I, I was waiting I for him. That. Yo, Z, commercial breaks? How many commercial breaks do we need to take? <laughs> we'll be right back. Yes, like, oh, come on, E. The hunger factor is high here, so I think it's going to be necessary Yo. today. And on that note, we'll be right Yo, back. Yo, no, we Oh, we definitely give a shout out to our sponsor E, HouseOfVashion.com. Yes, House of Vashion. Yes, my hat was made by Vashion. My nice. sweaters is made by Vashion. Uh, what other? Sh- uh, a couple of shirts is made by Vashion. This show is sponsored by Vashion. And that is our commercial break that E took illegally. <laughs> Hater. Oh, I guess I do hate. What were we? Um, we talking about as far as you know how they. they Sexualize things that women do in sports, but there's other things that women do on a, on a daily basis that are usually are, you know, a male-based field, which you ladies are in. Yes. All right. So before we get into that, what are like the typical work that men do that you've seen women done outside of what you do? Hmm. And I gave you an easy one: basketball. I've seen that. No sports. Period. Sports. Yeah. Sports, sports in general. What else? Um, landscaper. You seen that? I saw a female working. Yeah, landscaper. I haven't seen that yet. I, I, there, I've seen it before. It's not common, right? I feel like a lot of times, uh, women have the capability to do almost as m- many jobs as men do, but we kind of get like not given the opportunities to access the op- the, the jobs. Oh, they'll mm. label you as a florist. <laughs> for a landscaper? Right. A florist. <laughs> well, a female, they'll say, oh, she's a florist, right. but she's really a landscaper. So what else? They'll minimize her position. I thought I... No. Cleaning. Uh, what's the... Sanit- um, the porters in the building, the... 
the the guys that clean buildings up, like the maintenance guys, the janitors, the janitors. Uh, I've actually since you said that san- uh, sanitation, I was thinking about too because there's a lot of there's not a lot of women, but once in a while you'll see a woman on a sanitation. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the garbage truck, mm-hmm. the garbage. That's truck. a rough job for it a woman is. to mm-hmm. take. I've heard of a woman actual auto mechanic, but I've never really seen one. Well, actually, my neighbor, mm-hmm. he has a set of twins, uh, and. The young lady is into the ve- fixing vehicles. I love that. Yeah, she's a I've, I've never seen and she's one yet. Into fixing vehicles, and I always hear her dad teaching her, and you hear them talking about the carburetor <laughs> because he has old vehicles, mm-hmm. and it's just amazing because he's teaching her how to fix old vehicles. So I believe once she gets the grasp on how to fix an old vehicle, the new one should be easier. Actually, you know, my father was an auto mechanic, and I, he made it very clear to me by the time I, I, I was purchasing my car right. that uh, if you don't get anything that came out before the 70s, <laughs> then I can't really help you because I, like once they start throwing computers in, it uh, is a total opposite game. From right. was, but that doesn't mean she can't The learn. hard parts is the physical parts would be easy for her, but it's like certain cars you got to. Like like, said, the computers. computers do everything for you now, so it's a different world. But yeah. again, that doesn't mean she's not going to have the ability to transfer the skill. Well, I guarantee that even if she has the newest vehicle, the 2025, she'll be able to change the tire, change the oil. <laughs> These are just standard things that all vehicles require. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she's not going to have to send out a mayday if her tire breaks <laughs> out on the side of the road. Right. So it, it's uh, it's really good. It's really yeah. nice to hear them two, um, you know, together speaking about cars. Stand on cars, Danica Patrick, a race car driver. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. know, and remember, and great at it too. Yeah, NASCAR was for wow. Just, but again, access. Who's to say that she was the mm-hmm. first one who was just uh, like able to right? True, true. What if they just didn't let the doors be open? Because I I don't know about you guys, but one thing that really irks me is when I hear the phrase "the first one." Yeah. <laughs> Right, first to the public. Yeah, it's like just because that's the first one who got the opportunity to do it. But who's to say that there aren't many women who came along that path that kind of like trailblazed for her to Mm. to be able to actually have the recognition as the first. Well, well, um, speaking on that, this was actually one of the pointers that I have written down here. Are you aware that prior to 1850, prior to 1850? Teaching was a male-dominated field. Like regular school teachers? Teaching, mm. period, oh. you was know. a male-dominated field. And in 1850, um, a couple of female authors came out, one in particular that I noted. Her name was Nancy Hoffman, and she wrote a book called Woman's True Profession. And in this book, she explained where the change occurred and how the change occurred and she mentioned that prior to 1850, the men were the ones who were teachers and women were domestic. They were domestic homemakers. In school, the children, male, were only taught male-dominated careers and women were only taught home economics, how to cook, how to sew. So what changed, she mentioned, was that uh, the men started going into business, started going into the stock market. So it left a lot of empty positions. And there was also an influx of immigration of people Mm. who immigrated. So a lot of the immigrant children also needed to be educated. And now all of the men who were the teachers 
went into business, went into the stock market, and uh, they also conducted a study around the same time that proved that women were better teachers because women are nurturers. I think we had a remember we had a, a conversation. It was I think it was the 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 father daughter episode? How we saying like something like when you raise a child like women naturally nurture, right? It, and, and isn't it? It's true. And, and teaching you definitely have to nurture when you teach. Otherwise, right. it's, it's, it makes it a lot more difficult. Not to say that a man cannot be a teacher because prior to the fifties, men were the educators, but it has been proven that women are more nurturing and it facilitates education for the children coming from a person or coming from a nurturing point of view as opposed to coming from a disciplinary or a more rec, uh, a rigid, more rigid uh, environment. So what do you think you see more now, like male teachers or female teachers in our generation like now? Well, that was one of the questions that I actually had for Uh, uh, once we got into the topic uh, pertaining to her profession uh, if this is something that the statistics is telling us one thing but in the male dominated field where um, Z is involved in I wanted to ask her so I'm kind of jumping the gun right now (laughs) I wanted to ask I'm just going to go for it Uh I wanted to ask you in your profession is it still male dominated even though it's a teaching profession Absolutely. Um, I think because it is a male-dominated field, us being in labor across the board, any any labor-intensive discipline is going to have more men teaching because there are more men in the general public doing the work. Okay. And so, in where I'm at, I'm the only woman teaching at this facility. And when we go for training, they send us for training every year. And um, we are literally amongst all the instructors in the country. We all come together in Michigan, and we kind of, like, do these training courses. And you see more women there, but we are still that 1% to 5%. It's not even breaking 10% in that field either. So just like the field looks like, I like that there are more women in the industry, But I do think it's really important that we have more women educators in the industry because if you're coming into a place where everybody looks not like you, one thing that can kind of like assure you is seeing somebody who represents you in the in the space of teaching. It kind of gives you the idea that I I belong here. You right. know, it's not just their world. This is my world as well. So no, it's not a lot of women. But um, I'm hoping to see more of us in the future. Well, outside of our industry, 75% of the educators are female. I noticed that, like, just regular public schools, from kindergarten all the way to, like, high school. Like, a majority of teachers I've had, excuse me, growing up were females. Me too. So it's like, that's what I'm used to. I'm like, okay, if I see a male teacher, I'm like, huh? What are you doing here? I've had some great male teachers, but... Uh, they, they're not, there's not many of them in our fields. I think a lot of that happens to also fall into the place, especially in public school, of how they get paid. I was actually going to say about, say something about that because they naturally look at you as a male, they look at you, oh, you're supposed to be making money, money. And teachers in New York don't really make Teachers like, in general. Yeah, yeah, across the board in the country, they don't make enough money to pretty much, like, I, I would say... Sustain our own sustain household. Sustain whole household, yeah. absolutely. So, so that... Yeah, you know, you literally just read my mind. I was like, maybe that's one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of males going into teaching. 
because like you said as a male you're supposed the society view is you're supposed to be the breadwinner you're supposed to be able to sustain a household with your family you know what i'm saying and and teaching doesn't provide that financial access Mm-mm. sad it is really sad and it's, it's something that i thought about when you asked about the mm. type of professions that you don't see a lot of women in but we do have a lot of them especially in new york city uh police officers right when you came back to that uh that 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 date it reminded me that we've had female police officers since the early 1800s before probably women teachers okay right so uh, when i heard that fact i was really kind of blown away mm. because uh, in my mind is this it seems like it's such a slow role to get us in these positions, but that's when one of the things that people call one of the most dangerous jobs there is. But women were in that role and like filling it from early, earlier than other places we were allowed in. I actually know two female correctional officers, like in the actual jails. Um, back to it too, and um, firefighters. I've seen female firefighters. It's really hard to get to like to get through that because it's like a physical. It's very physical. I know of it's very physical. I love that. It's it's very very physical and so, which sidebar do you think that actually plays a factor on what type of career a female choose? Because let's just say, like you said, being a firefighter is very physically demanding. Do you think like just gender wise plays a factor on what you able to do? Because you know how they say a female like. We were having a conversation earlier, like they say, you know, female anybody can do whatever you want to do. Right. But does like your your physical makeup allow you to really go at it like a man goes at it, or does a a man's physical makeup allow them to go at something like a female will go at it? Like just just in general, does your physical ability to do the job play a factor as far as your gender? Well, I think it also has to do just with your genetic composition. Like I was speaking to you earlier or like we just finished mentioning, women are more nurturing. So hence, women are better teachers. Men are, their genetic composition, they're they're stronger than women, no questions asked. So of course their body can take more of a beating because they are genetically stronger than women. They are the stronger of the two sexes. There's no question about that. I understand equal opportunity, I understand that women can do every and anything that a man can do, but reality exists that men are stronger than women. I agree with what you're saying there, and I feel like what happens in any industry when women come into the place, in, into those positions, is there's a there's a mental bending that needs to happen in these industries where we recognize, like you said, about women being more nurturing. Not only are we probably more compelled to be nurturing but we bring a perspective into any space we walk into that no man can understand unless they've given the space to a woman to explain it to them and i think that a lot of these industries yeah they may have physical abilities that are outweighs what we can physically do but if you are really trying to make it work then you can you can actually see there's certain things that we can do better right you know and it doesn't always have to be break your back you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't need you to pick up 50 pounds 10 times a day to prove to me you belong. But here's something I see you're really good at. So let me let me push you in that direction and let you let you do what you do better. Right. Right. And I think that if we allow that in these in any industry, it allows access to women to, to not only be in these places, but to bring our perspectives. And it, it makes for the whole position to 
Like, it makes the whole industry better. And that's my perspective on it. We may not always be able to do physical, but there's so many other things that we can bring to the table. Which is true. And so, being that, we're going to get to exactly what you guys do. Both you ladies are electricians. So, being that you're in a field where it is really, really physical. Certain, like you said, you get certain jobs, you're running something really easy. You get certain jobs, it's like, I have a guy I work with, and he always says, you know, uh, he's like the, the boss is always trying to kill me. Uh, we were doing a four-inch gal. He sends me this little girl, first year TA one. He goes, yo man, I have to carry like seventy percent of the pipe. She's here dragging behind the pipes, and like you said, there's things you could teach, but when a certain part of the job, in order to succeed in part of the job, you can't teach. So how's a woman? Do you get around like the? How can you actually get around being successful at something when it, when it, there's a barrier you really can't get around? Like like he says. You're naturally not physically built to keep lifting up four or five inch gal. So as a woman, like you want to succeed in this field. So how do you get around that? I feel I feel like there's a lot of things that can be accommodated for when it comes to those type of things. I don't think men should be carrying four inch gal. <laughs> like that's a problem in our industry is that they forget that we're human beings. And they treat us like machines. Whether you're man or woman, it's kind of like, a, oh, I could do this, so can you, you know. Um, while the partner that can easily pick up that four-inch gal could be really good in the physical aspect, maybe my mental aspect allows me to share with you the better run so we're not actually picking up as much four-inch gal that you decided to pick up because you, you want to go the longest way possible, right? And that would constitute the perfect scenario that you were speaking of earlier. Like, they know someone can physically do the four-inch run, but then they will come to you and ask you to do the circuitry because they know that you're not going to fuck those numbers up, and they know that you're going to maintain <laughs> all your compliments and your run is going to be correct and everything is so a good foreman knows that everyone on his team has a certain job and has a certain skill but it has been my experience that certain foremen they really don't want you around so they're going to put you to do that four inch gal delivery mm-hmm. because i'm not sure if, like calling it a form of punishment is the correct terminology a deterrent they do things to you to deter you from coming to work or from putting your best foot forward or from having you in the or for you wanting to be in the industry they do there's certain things that they do just so that you can have a hard time because if i'm in the position where i have this four inch run and i have a female on my crew I'm not going to put her to do that physical aspect of that four-inch run. First, for the first part, I don't want her to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't want a man to get hurt. But she's going to get hurt because she physically cannot lift this four-inch gal. Yeah. Some men can't either. But if, have, <laughs> but if I have these big guys on my job, Proper planning prevents poor performance. So why would I put a TA1 on a four-inch gal run? I'm setting her up to get hurt. Because <laughs> I, what... I want her to prove herself to me. Mm. So, or to prove to everybody else she doesn't belong. But So my question is, 
I don't know how to not make this sound bad. Like, <laughs> oh, shoot. No. I'm pretty sure you've heard a lot of stuff, Z, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think I have. No, because yeah. you know what it is? You always come with, you, you want to you wanna be an electrician, this is what an electrician does. You want to be a plumber, this is what a plumber does. You want to be a doctor, this is what a doctor does. There's no gender. This is what they do. So how can it be, I have to accommodate you. Again, I don't want to make it sound bad, but this is just, this is how they think. This is how they think. I have to accommodate you now to get this job done. Like, you're, you're an electrician. This is part of the job. I don't care. Get it done. But on that same note, there's a job for everyone. Like, when you, if you're a GC and you want to have your house together, you want to put your plans together and build your house, you're going to get an electrician, you're going to get a plumber, you're going to get an HVAC, HVAC guy, you're going to get a floor guy. Everybody has a job. So it's the same thing in our field. Everyone has a job and if you're in supervision you should you should study your employees and find out what is it that that person does good because it takes a team of people what good are you if all your guys are just pipe benders but no one can do circuitry what i'm what saying good to you are you if all your guys are pipe benders but no one can do finished work no one can put the plate straight right. no one can make sure that all your switches are not crooked and these are things that customers look at they don't look at all the behind the scene things they look at the finished work, and when you walk away, the TV's crooked. Because these guys are like, oh, just throw it up. The switch is crooked. The gem box is sticking out the wall, so the plate is sticking out the wall. But then they'll you pull someone like me. You seen how I struggle with the cutouts. I struggle with those cutouts. But then, then they'll pull someone like me onto the job that's detail-oriented, and they used to send me to finish floors and to these occupied spaces because I work neat. And they know that when I walk away, I'm going to cut you out of gym box. Your switch is going to be flat against the wall. It's not going to be cockeyed. It. The on is going to be up and not down. <laughs> I've so seen that by your own. Where three, right? they have guys who are the... And they just come in and they just, oh, it's done. So there's a job for everyone. No. But it depends on if you're going to take the time to study who's on your team. I and see no, no, a great point. Because I think that my... I, I feel that if you are going to take that position of a supervisor as a foreman, a big part of your job is to analyze your crew mm -hmm. and understand that everybody's going to have a specialty because they are better at these things. And if you move like that as, as a foreman, not only do you get the best out of your workers, but your workers get the best experience out of coming to work for you every single day because they don't feel like they're being held at uneven, not, not uneven, but at an unfair standard. Mm -hmm. So as a woman, if I show up to a job for a foreman and his job, in, in his mind, well, you signed up for this, so I need you to, to go take in that, that conduit uh, delivery that's going to be... Uh, you know, one inch, one inch bundles. Right. And, and I'm going to give you an apprentice who hasn't built their electrical muscles yet. So they're going to be flopping all over the place. So it's going to be basically all on you. When you have a, a crew of 10 to 15 men who can throw that stuff onto a pipe tree and be done in 15 minutes, it's going to take me an hour. You just wasted 45 minutes of all of our time. Yeah. But my, like this, this is where I was trying to get my question to be answered. In the sense is like, let's say, like you said, know your men, know your women, know how to delegate work. But my question is, this is this is what we have right now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We don't have another job. We don't have we don't have I'm sorry, we don't have another job. We don't have finished work going on. This is the stage of the job we're at. See what I'm saying? So we I can't get you to do something else. 
So how how can well, but that's let's be realistic. I'm just trying to understand. Put, honestly, I'm if you're going to be throwing conduit, uh, then guess what else is coming behind that? Somebody got to put the wires in that conduit. Somebody mm-hmm. else has to do the circuitry. Like so, you're that's just being narrow minded. Someone no has to do site. the fire law. Yeah, there's so many other things that that have to be taken care of. And if you ever ran a job or if you ever been next to someone who does run work, you realize it is a multifaceted unit. It's constantly things that are sitting on top of other things. There's never just I just need this done. Otherwise, you're just gonna have two people now let's say you're in that situation, <laughs> right you only have two people because all you have is like this one room to finish and it's only going to be four inch gal and the, the the shop just sent you to two women <laughs> two women to do the job right <laughs> guess like, what Arr. guess what in that situation you're a working foreman like this is the realistics yeah. of it right you are a working foreman mm-hmm. in which you're going to have to get your butt in there and help out as well because it's a matter of this needs to be done and at the end of the day our job is to provide the customer with the product yep. and we do whatever's necessary to get that done and correct so, me if i'm wrong z mm-hmm. we do the job it we, gets done just a matter of how so much Woody, we're gonna break ourselves so Woody, <laughs> I, I do apologize if it sounds like i'm just limiting myself and saying like oh i can't do it because anything you put me to on that four inch gal i'm gonna get it done mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it i might not be able to throw up the 40 feet as fast as you threw up those 40 feet but I'm going to throw up 40 happen, feet. Though. You understand? It's going to happen. Maybe not feet. at the rate, <laughs> right? Maybe not at the rate because that's another thing. I'm not in competition with anyone. So maybe not at the rate that someone who wears who weighs 250 pounds can throw up those 40 feet of gal pipe by the end of the day. But my 40 feet are going to be up by the end of the day. It's going to take me a little longer. It's right. just going to take me a little longer. You guys, right? Oh, you ladies, I'm sorry. Okay. So being in a male field, like how long did it did you feel like it would take did, how long did you actually felt like you adapted it took you to adapt to the job like i mean for example it's it's a male dominated feel like number one adapt uh, like adapt to like realizing like you are you a female in a male dominant field like did you feel like right, it's going to take time for you to understand like okay this is not typical for women is it no, to that, grasp it like never, get to work with them i don't think that was no, a concept in my, my brain issue. Like, being an apprentice, you just, men or women, as an apprentice, you walk into a world that you are completely lost in unless Mm. you were raised in a family who does this work. Mm. So you show up like green, we call it, right? Right. You know nothing. And for me, personally, I came through the apprenticeship, like, I I wanted to gobble up up as much information as possible on a Mm. regular basis. And every day I knew something that I didn't know the day before, I just felt more acclimated to what I was doing. Mm. Do anybody get surprised, like when you say you're an electrician? All the time. <laughs> yes. Like, what, like, what do they say? Like, what's the looks you get? <laughs> There's always that electrician. Okay, like, <laughs> I haven't met many of women who do that. Yes, I get that a lot. Now, when you first decided to become an electrician, first, okay, my question is two parts. What made you decide to become an electrician? And the second part of my question is, did you receive support or did you receive... Um, you sure this is what you want to do? Like those type of questions? Did no, you receive opposition great. or did you receive support from your family and friends? So I came into the industry because my father was a tin knocker. And uh, when I was going through college, because I went to college for psychology. Please explain what a tin knocker is. To okay, tin knocker. <laughs> tin knocker is an HVAC specialist. Uh, they usually install heating and air conditioning units. They were the ducks. And the, yeah, the ducks. My father was. That's what we call them, tin knockers, because the ducks are like metal tin, mm-hmm. and they have to knock them into the form. <laughs> What's the environment when the tin knockers are in the building? 
<laughs> How's the noise level? It's extremely loud. <laughs> they take pride in making noise, I believe. <laughs> it makes and, it seem busy. And they don't move for nobody. You got to move your no, stuff out of their way. you have to do everything for them. You can do your run and they'll come in and be like, you're in my way. You have to change everything for them. So, yeah. But being that my father did that for a living, I went when I went to go into college and I filled out my financial aid papers, he... He didn't want to put his information on the papers because he had a really good year the year before. <laughs> and I got my hands on like his end of the year tax statement. And I was like, what do you do? I need to know. And right. his whole thing was like, well, if you want to get into the trades, I'm going to need you to make sure that it's a, a mental heavy job versus a physical heavy job. So it was his idea that I got either into electrical or engineering. Okay. And uh, when I went through... Uh, when I went through a program to kind of like prepare me for this job, I got a chance to be exposed to every, everything, and electricity was what I really wanted to do. So I made sure that I took the time out to identify what job I wanted to do, and the job that we ended up going with was electrical. And okay. uh, I had a lot of support. I had a whole lot of support. I, I went through a program called uh, NEW, non-traditional employment for women and they expose you to all types of different uh i did as well right i love new it was it was great (laughs) free advertisement for new (laughs) it's good because we need access right yes and Mm -hmm. and being able to go through a program like that i didn't know about it you know how i found out about you a subway I did also <laughs> subway ahead. MTA man, MTA definitely was going your way. That's the same <laughs> way I found out about new. Ah uh, man, it changed my world. It did. It gave me a new lease on life. Absolutely, it did. Oh, I was, agree. It new. was it new to you? It <laughs> new was, was new, new to all of us. <laughs> new was because at this point, I think the only thing that I personally saw women doing was uh, flaggers. Oh yeah, and if you go to a non-union job, that's all they do. If you're on a non-union job, they are always out with the signs and with the in the street directed. Yeah, they are not allowed to actually learn on these jobs. I I realized that. Who knew? Or just women? Non-union job sites, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of them in Queens. Mm -hmm. I've witnessed a lot of women that are there, but they are only allowed to do like the flagging type positions. You do not see them being electricians or plumbers. So there is definitely a gap between union and non-union when it comes to access for women well how about we ask uh, my co-host woody no ask me anything who previously <laughs> worked non-union oh yeah so what was his experience with women um, on non-union wex, web uh work sites well we basically didn't what well, we did we've seen a lot of them as far as in the senses like i said they flagged but it wasn't i didn't really have much as far as like interaction as far as with any women over there, right? Like you say, I realize like even if throughout the city, if you look, a lot of women that work in those sites, they usually, how can I put it? They, it's like a Hispanic, like I feel like they hire, they don't hire to educate, right? So, as like, Z just said, yeah, because it was crazy. And I started realizing that because my ex girlfriend at the time, she used to always be like, oh. The construction workers don't do anything. And she's always see women. So she's like, oh, yeah, I do just sit outside and talk. She's like, look, look at all those girls. And I realized that she's pointing it out. I'm like, yo, it's, it's always women and it's always Hispanic women. I so, think the Hispanic community in, in overall, uh, they have been really um, exploited in the non-union mm-hmm. world to do a lot of these jobs and not get paid a lot of money for it and not really learn a skill so much. Mm-hmm. Well, as a Hispanic, I have to say firsthand that I've witnessed it uh, 
especially like being out in the field and you'll see like a lot of it, usually you encounter the guys from the M division and for some odd reason they always pair me with you know a guy from the M division that doesn't speak English you know because we're able to communicate mm. and the story is basically the same all across the board like they don't get any fair opportunities they treat them like crap they uh, I don't have to go on and on mm -hmm. with all the different tactics that are utilized um, towards these guys and they do it all in the name of a language barrier not to say that these guys are not performing the exact same job and sometimes at a better standard than these guys that you're working shoulder to shoulder on shoulder to shoulder with i think i think the hispanic community as well as the african-american community or blacks period in, in these industries we move in a way where we have to be excellent in order because mm. that proving in yourself is right. something that's constant whereas sometimes you find yourself surrounded by me mediocrity when it comes to the people who don't feel they have to prove themselves that their last name is the right name right. or if their family's been doing this for generations, mm. it's just I'm here because I'm entitled to it. Whereas you have to be thankful for having an opportunity to stand next to me. You know, so I, I, I definitely understand what you're, what you're saying there. I just had a coworker just this past week telling me that she had a problem that she has a son and she wants to like bring her son into the union and she has a problem that new facilitates women entering the union and that she can't get the same benefit from her son for her son but she forgot that prior to making that statement she told me that her dad was an expediter for local three and he got her in to the apprenticeship <laughs> so the that right there was made. privilege at its Highest. I think we uh, we witness privilege on a regular basis of just like. So can you explain that have, interaction to me? I can't. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of. It's a lot of well, let me get what I can get, but uh, if it's hard for me, if I have to struggle in any way, then um, again, it's entitlement. Right. You know? Because that's what I felt. Because if your dad's position facilitated your entrance into the union what's wrong with news position facilitating my entrance into the union and the other side of that too is just because like the reason why new exists is because of the lack of access for women to these type of jobs right. and knowing that women are like the head of household for many homes nowadays definitely nowadays right like we like we said earlier, you can't you can't raise a household on a on a teacher's salary. Sadly, right. sadly, yeah. that's not a, that's not a, an ability or a secretary salary or you know the jobs that they want us to do are usually low income, long wait, long hours. And if you're trying to raise a family, it doesn't allow you the benefit to actually live and enjoy them. Yeah. I mean, people like she said, she has to understand like local three has like many different ways for you to get in. Absolutely. Like I waited four years to get in. Like when I was doing customer service at Sleepy's, Warren's like, "Yo, man, the application's coming now. Just fill in to get an application." Right. And I was like, "Ah," he said, like, "Yo, like, dude, fill it out." And I fill it out, and I, it took me literally four years to get in. Okay. And yeah, people are upset that women get in direct. Like I took the test, and I was in in six months. But in all fairness, Z, what people also don't understand is that 
New didn't just hand it to you. You have to, you have work. to work for it. But you have know, to you have to show up every day. And also, let's remember the fact that we're filling a quota. Right. A lot of times we, we they show up, we show up on job sites because you have to have a woman. Here. They're using us. <laughs> yeah, but also like you said, if for example, there's guys that got in like you said quick, and this guy and I waited four years. So if, if if she has to respect like the different doors that's 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 open because you have guys coming out um, helmet to heart hats they call yep, it yep. they come out of the service because they serve their country they they're getting pretty quick. That's another direct entry program. Yeah. That's why. So if if you if you applaud that, then applaud what new is doing. You right. have to once you have to understand there's reasons why there's different doors. And also, I think there's a there's a dynamic which makes me kind of sad that it's like it's okay for me to get in the way I did, but I'm gonna pull a lot up behind me and not want to see people who look like me or, you know, to <laughs> if you came in a different way, I, like I can frown upon that. But we're all here together and we all are providing a service, right? That that product that we have to bring to the table, like we we work as a team when we're able to. So, question, right? Yes. So. As a woman in this field, if, if kind of what E and I were talking about earlier, how do you feel a male's longevity goes against what a woman's longevity in this field? Longevity uh, as, as far, far as, as like physical? physically, yeah. Have you seen brothers? Uh, when I say brothers, you know, as a union member, we call each other brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, right? Have you seen brothers in the field who are in their 50s but look like they're in their 70s? <laughs> like, for real, have we seen that? Absolutely. This goes back to what we were saying about, like, we're not machines. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time to get that product done, I do feel like there's this, this thing where they want you to physically do things that mm-hmm. you should not put your body through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in this industry break down, not just the women, the men too, break down mm-hmm. over the years. And then when it's time to retire, you, 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 what kind of quality of life do you have left? We're talking about that. We're and, literally talking about that. And I also feel that their ego doesn't allow them to voice the pains that they're experiencing but the eyes don't lie mm-hmm. and you see how they're walking and you see that they're leaning to the side and you see that they're constantly holding their back or they're constantly rubbing their shoulder or their fingers have a certain curve to it so they may not verbalize because of their machismo or their male ego mm-hmm. they may not verbalize the pain and again Woody, i'm not stereotyping mm-hmm. every man but, you know, I'm just trying to make a blanket statement. The ones that try to prove that they macho. Right, so, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you all heard the term work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm, so, right. like, yeah, like you said, you will see guys, like she well, said. Well, no, even if, even if you spent your whole career working smart, we perform physical labor. So That's repetitive. Right, that. that's mm-hmm. re- repetitive. So even if you implement all of the things that they, all of the measures that are in place to make your job easier for you, there's still a component of your body is going to break down because we're doing repetitive. That's just like a secretary. She sits at her desk or he sits at, they sit at their desk and they're constantly doing data entry. So what's their occupational hazard? Carpal tunnel. Poor blood flow. You understand? Mm -hmm. A tennis player, a tennis player after stroking and hitting that tennis rack after so many times, What's their occupational hazard? Tennis elbow. They get the tennis elbow. You understand? So it's sort of like every occupation has hazards that are attached to it. But some hazards take a toll on you where 
it's like it affects the quality of your life the mm. quality of your everyday living if your body is broken down and both your knees are jacked and you have carpal tunnel and both of your shoulders like what's the quality of your life with this one million dollar 401k what did I say earlier? <laughs> as far as like you know, like you said having that money and you're not able to physically use it because you put more time in earning it than than did anything beyond trying to spend it. So I don't know, man. This is I don't know, but it's a it, it is it, so I think it's a great question to ask, and I think it goes back to labor in itself. Mm. There's a reason why the labor movement has always been a, such an important thing because corporations, companies the owners, they will wring a human being dry to get as much profit as they can out of each and every one of their workers. And I know as a worker for me, when I was in the field, a lot of times I took took it as a personal offense that I'm building this million dollar building for you and you can't open it up without the actions that I take every single day, but yet you want me to use a porter sand outside of the building when you have fully formed bathrooms that you don't want the workers using. (laughs) <laughs> right like so it's kind of like we like you're treated like a second class citizen but in a building that you are literally building yep and, right? and dp does that to us now like oh no uh bathroom not for construction workers i'm like first of all bro your bathrooms are not in the best conditions anyway <laughs> like let's be let's be real and like you said these these hoppers we're running everything to these hoppers we're doing this but yeah we can't even use your bathroom and this is a waste treatment plant. This whole place is a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, are you kidding me? And they really actually sent out emails like, oh, worker was in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, bro, like, it's spider webs everywhere in this bathroom. Like, nobody really cares. I just don't like using porta stands. I just need to be a human. Yeah, thank you. Treat, talk to me like a human being and treat me like a human being. I, just, I honestly hate porta stands. Yeah. I, I literally, I've left work early because I have to use the bathroom. Ski. <laughs> I have been known to uh, take a 20-minute bathroom break because I am not going to use a porta sand. I will go to McDonald's that are mm. two block, that's two blocks away and use the bathroom like a human being, and I'll be back. Right. I, I hate, even as a guy, I hate porta stands, bro. First of all, just opening it is just... Wait, just, how about the how about the ones that they, they have the transition? The, the transitional? Half-way, the halfway porta stand? <laughs> have yes. you ever used one of those? Like, oh, no, I've seen those. You can see, it's you like the gray one with the blue door. I feel like oh, they're phasing them out because I haven't seen it in a while. I'm but glad. when I first came into the industry, I feel like they were prevalent. They used to always, for some reason, put them like in the elevator lobby. Oh, my God, yes. Right? And so you're thing. on an alamac going up, and you literally are seeing people's back punched <laughs> over while they're like trying not to show you what I they got. When did they put them in that area so that the, the smell, air? The yeah. smell. Yeah, I yeah. think also, so. Which is actually a good point you brought up. So being in a male field, like, for example, port, remember they used to have the porta stands, you go to the back, got the urinal and everything. Yes. So it's That's like, what we're talking about. Comment, I realize now, a lot of bathrooms for the females have a lock on it. Yes. So that's an, that's an adjustment that has to be made. So what are some of the adjustments just on a day-to-day basis you would like for employers to make to you as a woman on a job site? Just just not I'm not saying cater to, but make it make it fair cuz for guys you said they got they got the urinals in the back like you said they had the open I don't top. Oh, that question party. sounds kind of like to answer that would be like I want you to make a special accommodation no, 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 because no. I'm a what woman. I'm, what and I'm, I'm saying to you so is right away being that No, no, what I'm saying is being that they made these things for men cuz men are on the job site. Now women on the job site you have to make this too. So, cuz they they made it for the for the purpose for the worker but to use. I don't think you that they saying? should make but this for men or for women. You kind of get what I'm saying. Bring it for the... privacy. I think yes. that I think that they should just provide you with with 
proper accommodations just because okay. you're a human being. I don't think that's a proper accommodation for a man either. Right. I don't like you should either. not have your backside open if you're mm. trying to use the restroom in a right. public area. Exactly. So or, that goes back to our contractors getting away with things because I think that's a great question to ask, but I think just the context and how you ask it kind of like puts it as women it's just versus for women. men. No, because maybe no, me being a man, I go to the bathroom, just a regular bathroom. Like let's just say I go to to watch a Giants game. I go in that bathroom, there's like 50 urinals. So as a man, it's not an issue for me because I'm used to, like I said, my back is out, I'm here, I'm out in the open. It's not a problem. So as they putting these porta stands in, in the workplace, it's not a problem for a man because... Right, but also, Woody, these urinals are in an enclosed bathroom, so it's... It's, no, it's, like, it's, no, it's safe to assume that it's only gentlemen in there and everyone mm. has their own porter, their own urinals. So mm. I kind of still feel that but you're still providing. They have the trough urinals. Is yeah, that I've what you're seen, about? I've like, seen those. Yo, I made also. that mistake. Can I say the mistake I made with that? <laughs> oh, <that's> <laughs> Are we going to hear a splash? <laughs> no. Yo, I've never seen this before. So that's when they had me working by the Barclays when doing COVID. I had my temporary shop. Like, apprentice gets into temporary shops, right? So... The trough is there. You know, I had a little hose in the in, in, in the in the pipe, so it's like water squirting up. So I go in the bathroom, I pee, and I go to the trough. I'm like, it's under water, washing my hands. Oh and the dude says, and the dude says, "Yo, bro, that's not to wash your hands." I'm like, what? He goes, "It's that's, water." He goes, "That's to pee." I'm like, everybody's just peeing in this open trough, like literally. Right. I, like, so. which is which is like you said. Matter of fact, that is kind of like there's no. To me, that right there's like two out in the open. If I'm peeing, it's just a long open pig trough. Right. So <laughs> and I really thought that was to wash my hands. But this is why I'm saying that I don't feel that any accommodations should be made for anyone, male or female. I just feel that privacy. Yeah, that right there. I never use that because I'm like, dude, it's like, it's literally right open. It's so the privacy factor goes back into what I'm saying about us being human beings. Right. You know, mm -hmm. as a human being, we should be given accommodations to use the restroom. And it should be in an enclosed facility so that I don't have to worry about who sees what I'm doing. Because the one that, that Porter Sam we were talking about, women just can't use it. Mm -hmm. You really just can't. No, you cannot. You know, so for, for the owner, the mm -hmm. operator, the GC, whoever decided to choose that to give as an option they are cutting cost at my at all of our expense privacy right and and so even uh, we we had an apprentice come into the job site uh at the teaching facility and he had this thing called brief relief and it is literally i think a, you showed it to me i think i did <laughs> it's literally a bag and the bag has gel in it and it's you unisex that. and it's unisex and you take this bag and you it, you can Form it, you know, form it and pee in it, and the gel captures it. Like if a owner can buy a thousand of those and keep them on deck, why should he have to all give you a bathroom? Right. The same thing goes for like our shanties. I don't know about you guys, but when I was an apprentice, we had shanties, and a shanty was separate from the supervisor. Right. Like the foreman had his, and the workers had theirs, and we had some place where we can sit and change our clothes in the morning and change our clothes when we're done at the end of the day. When it was meal time, we could sit down like human beings mm -hmm. and enjoy our meals. And nowadays, like when I left the field, that was one of the things that I realized, like all of that's going to the wayside. Mm -hmm. Like you got, you got to work 
and to the moment of lunch and then when lunch comes you eat in your or, or, or break comes you eat in your area and then hurry up and get back to work again they're trying to wring out as much profit as possible from you as a as a human being even though you're not a machine right so that they can get what they can get from each and every one of us and what are we getting the same pay <laughs> not as not as apprentices no <laughs> no not as apprentices but as you work your way up to the journeyman status right mm-hmm. That we, as a journey person, that's one of the things that I love about being in a union is it doesn't matter if I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I can work next to a man and we can do different things and it's up to you to make sure you get your money's worth out of me. So don't put me to do something that's mm-hmm. going to take me twice as long to do because we're making the same amount of money. You right. cannot discriminate against me because I'm a woman. Right. I get paid what I get paid. That's my rate. So if you want to put me on that four inch run <laughs> and you know it's going to take me time and not put me on the bx run where i can blitz and blow pulling bx that's up to you brother right you're gonna get your money's worth i'm gonna get paid regardless but now since you didn't plan properly you had me this whole day on this four inch gal run and i only threw up two sticks (laughs) i did what i could in the time that you gave me (laughs) you know so once again the five p's <laughs> I poor, love that statement. What is it? Is it poor uh, preparation? What proper per- proper preparation prevents poor performance? Okay, I'll take. See, that. I made that I'll up. Take that, See, that, I, that, you did not. Did, make I miss, that up. did I miss anything? You just changed the words up. You yeah, changed man. one of the words, but I'll take that. <laughs> See, you settling, man. Don't settle, man. Get, no, get I, the I, best I'm out of me. Get the best you get out of me for the time that we're here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> don't settle. <laughs> Whoa. Which is what we should say to every foreman that we work for. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. Like, oh, okay. You know what? No problem. Oh, man. So, um, anything else you want to yeah. add? And I also had some more statistics from OSHA. So, according to Who's OSHA? OSHA? First of all, people that don't know, let them know who OSHA is. First of all, let's have the teacher explain to us (laughs) who and what is OSHA Z. So, OSHA is occupational Occupational safety safety and health health administration. Yes. And they they came about to be in like 1970. And uh, really, if you guys haven't heard of it, the the guy's name, Tony Mazaki, there's a book written right after his name is really great and it tells how we actually came into having OSHA like implemented and you know it's a great book I I would definitely advise you guys to look into it Uh, the man who loved work but hated so it's an agency agency that's meant to so this is what I had to learn in being an instructor is that it's an agency that is supposed to keep you working pretty much so their biggest intent is that when you go to work every single day you should not have to lay your life down on a, on a job. You should not have to risk injury or death to get your job done. Now, what I've learned is that the limits to that is, well, if you get injured, let's make sure you can recover and come back to work. So there is a little space for how much injury you can take, mm-hmm. right? But as long as you can recover and return to the workforce, then it helps our overall economy. Because mm. if you think about it, if your workers are dying or being maimed at work... Nobody's going to want to go to work. Not only are they not going to want to go to work, they cannot return into the work mm. field and they aren't paying what? Taxes. Mm. Right? So, like, this is... It's a, it's, overall, it's meant to make sure that when we go to work every single day, we have the right to be safe enough to go home the way you came. All right. So, see them stats, E. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Z. Thank you, Z. That's more than I knew. I just thought they just gave you... 
like It'd ways to take precautions. Limited. Yeah, like preventing a lot of things. Like the precautions to take to prevent injuries. That's what I thought. Yeah. But you well, educated us. See, teachers. The women are better teachers. <laughs> I just told Eli, yeah, they just don't get hurt. <laughs> so according to OSHA, between 1985 and 2007, there was an increase of 81.3% of female construction workers. So between 85, 1985 and 2007, there was mm. an increase of 81%. Today, that's a huge jump. That is a huge jump. Today, in the United States, women only, uh, the construction field is only compromised of 9%. Which is a big jump from what it was. Right. And people just think 9% is not a big number. But like you said, compared, compared to what the numbers actually were, Forget the percentage. The actual numbers themselves is a big jump. You can see it on a job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about no, you. No, I, I have been noticing yeah. more females. Mm-hmm. So um, also, in 1962, Harry Van Osdale Jr. opened whoop, whoop. the books <laughs> to a thousand minority males. In 1977 through 1978, he opened the books again to allow more minorities into the union. Open them books means he allowed more people to be to, to like apply. join the apprenticeship. Yeah, join the apprenticeship. Apply to, and get I'm in. sorry, yeah. Yeah. To join the apprenticeship. He was surrounded by prolific African American and, and people of color. Yes. Like he was surround, around he surrounded that era with these people. In the sixties. Yeah. The civil mm-hmm. rights movement. We talking about A. Philip Randolph, um, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Like he had a really big they these people had really big impacts on these decisions that he made because they right. made it clear this was necessary. Like and he listened. And he so, listened. Yeah, and it changed the, the impact of our industry for sure. And in 1978, women won the rights to enter IBEW. Mm. And this was all across all the locals. So can you imagine how in 1978 when the women won the decision for the books to be opened for us, can you imagine how all the locally, because it was across, it was an IBEW decision. So it wasn't just like a local chapter decision. So can you imagine like some of the locals who are not as advanced as local three? Because mm. remember, we set the stage for a lot of the other locals. So just imagine uh, a local down south where it's still predominantly a male-dominated field. Can you imagine the impact that that had in 1978 to allow women mm. into the field now? I can't. I, it, it's insane to me because... A lot of these women literally trailblaze for what we are able to live and experience today. Our experience as tradeswomen is because of these these movements mm-hmm. that allowed us access. And I'm I can tell you with no question that the women that came before us in the seventies and the eighties, like their pathway and their experience was completely different than ours. Right. Would right? you say more intense or would you say that we have it harder? I think that they had it harder. I agree. Because like, they would have to deal with the brunt change right away. Think about it, man. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to generalize here, but <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. Dogus, we all know the dogus. world that we live in. Like, there's a threatening factor to see a woman do your job if you felt like this is like a macho mm. job to have. And all of a sudden, here we go showing up on your job sites. Like, all right, I'm here to help. Let me. Let me. 
let me help you guys out. And it's like, well, can you pick this up? Are you able to, to physically do the job instead of thinking about what you can actually bring to the table? So in the beginning, I, I know there's a story about a, a person, in, a woman in, two, in, um, in our local who was one of the first women to get pregnant in our local and she miscarried on a job because they like treated her like she, like her body wasn't going through something that needed extra accommodations because mm. no man has ever had to do that those two jobs together be pregnant and do this job at the same time and that's a story that i've heard from somebody a, a, a brother in the local who actually was there with her and felt a ways because he he witnessed you know how she was being treated on a job site right can you imagine that happening today wow. right we have so much we do have so much because of i hate to say it so the, much protection yeah but the protections are in place due to all of the fatalities and yes. due to all of the issues that have arisen in the past yes and and and, and that's men and women also right like, in this industry, uh, construction workers are like the guinea pigs of the world. We are literally like teaching the world what, like when it comes to new um, chemicals that we're using, they don't take them off like silica. That rule right. about silica came after hundreds of thousands of, not just electrical workers, but all workers who were exposed to it started to, to gain to get cancer and, and different diseases. Now the law states that you have to make sure that it's separated from your breathing space. Right. Right. But that didn't happen until so many deaths. Exactly. And OSHA is something I, I've, what I was taught is OSHA is, is written in the blood of the people who came before us. Right. And that's why it's so important for us to maintain the laws and the rights that we've, we've gained. And a lot of times we, we throw them to the wayside because we want to gain more profit for our, employer who will replace you in a heartbeat so i have another question for you um so do you feel that in the field there's still remnants of that era of when women first joined the field or do you feel that now i guess that would be like 40 years later men have become accustomed to women in the field I would say that the younger generations are a lot more uh, accustomed and adaptable to women in the industry because they've grown in, in a world where women have places of authority and women have these positions. They see women actually operating in different facets, whereas the older generations may have a harder time adapting to us because they're so used to... Cause I don't know if you've experienced this, but my whole apprenticeship, I've had older gentlemen who are on their way out of the industry asking me, well, why didn't, you know, what, what made you do this? Oh, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> yes. Like, you know, I, like it was a question when they're going home to, to, to these beautiful homes with the three cars in their garage and this is a boat on the water, right? And, and four kids in college and they could pay for all of that with the benefits of their uh, retirement. But they're asking me, why do I want the same thing? Why do you think you deserve it? Right. So mm. I think that the, the newer, the, as we get further along, we see a change, a shift, and I'm very happy to see that shift, not only in the amount of women that are around, but also the way we are received on the job sites. Now, in all fairness, do you find that some women make it difficult for men? <laughs> I, I have to go there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a woman and I, you know, I have to be fair okay. to our male audience. I want to know what the question is. I'm ready. I laughed before she finished. Because she I'm already ready. know where I'm going. So in I all fairness, know. do you find that some women make it easy 
for men to create these stereotypes about some women in the field? And do you feel that it's a high percentage of women in the field who I call the... Okay, I might catch some slack, but it is what it is. <laughs> I call it the women who come to find a husband syndrome. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a mouthful, go, but that's what it is. Hard. That's what they go to the job site I mean, for? do you agree? Z, do you, women I mean, I don't job. know if you want to agree with me or not. No, but. it's not about an agreement or not. I think that I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I, I didn't know what you were talking about. Okay. I've come across... <laughs> I've come across sisters, and especially because I, I, so I feel like a natural teacher. Even before I became an instructor on the job sites, I was always kind of like getting somebody underneath my wing and, and showing them what I have because I, I, I believe in each one, teach one. Right. And I have come across some sisters that are like, don't do that. We don't have to do that. We'll just call so and so to come and do that. You know, my nails. Or uh, I'm dating a foreman, so I don't have to. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> Every time a man walks by, like, girl, you see him? Look at him. Look what he got. You know, like the type of stuff that I would not condone a man doing, and I'd see them moving like that. And I always would try to, like, snap her into a, a mindset of, like, this is not how we operate in this space. Right. So, yeah, there are some women that I feel like in their mind is, like, all I have to do is snag a good one, and I, his 401K would be ours. But I've always, I've always kind of like try to steer them towards like, instead of looking at it that way, if you do this job really well, your 401k could be yours. Mm. And if you do snag a husband, because if that's what you're really looking for, then maybe you can get an 802. Maybe mm. I could put that together. But, right. you know, I, I, it was so important that you stand on your own for me. And I never wanted to be next to a sister that came to the job site looking like she had a mission to find a man versus the mission is to get this job done right so i, I deal with like I, I deal with other apprentices as well and this one apprentice you know she gets she puts in work q when he, she puts in work mm-hmm. when there was another apprentice i was working with she should have been a but she's not like you could tell why and i'm talking to she goes yeah i'm here for the benefits i'm like okay let's do the math you don't do what you're supposed to do the benefits means nothing when you're sitting at home you don't know how to do the job Right. So what good is the benefits if you don't know how to do the job? They don't understand that in the beginning. Because if, if you're unemployable, uh, like apprenticeship is short. When your five and a half years is done as an apprentice and you don't have the skill, you're the first one on a layoff sheet. Yep. And you cannot cry discrimination if you can't do the job. Yep. Right. right. So it's important that as an apprentice, you learn how to do as much as you can in as many facets as possible because you are not going to always want to pick up that four-inch gal. But if you can tell them, I know how to do this, 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 and this, you allow yourself the space to do other things in a job site. But if you can't do that four-inch gal nor anything else, then how do you actually uh, justify the paycheck you're taking home every day? And if you can't, guess what? You're going to be sitting at home most of the time and you can't be mad. You didn't prepare yourself for this job that you yep. said that we all signed up for. Yep. And the thing is, like you said, the five in five and a half years you put in for these benefits was wasted because you picked up nothing. And therefore, the benefits that you actually were aiming for, you'll never get nope. because your four one cannot be. It it's not because you're not working. Because you're always on the bench. Yep. yep. And and some people don't understand that. Like, I don't know. I think it's just you have the concept of certain females. I would say this. This feels something you, you might you have to want to do it. Yeah. Because yes. if you don't want to do it, you already you you starting you starting with a closed gate. It's not like it's not like a job at McDonald's, bro. I could I could kind of like, and I'm I'm not disparaging anything any job because every job takes the time for you to learn the skill to do the job. But the point I'm making is this is a career, 
Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a career versus a job, a job you could kind of like wing it maybe for a period of time and then it's going to come to an end and you're going to go to another one. Mm. A career is literally you building and putting tools in your bag so that every time you show up, you're showing up with something that you can give back. Right. Right. And the more you have in that tool bag, the more that you can put on the table, the more employable you are. This is a, this is really a career where if you're not employable, you mm. are not going to work. Yeah. And I, right? te- and I tell parents that I say, yo, like ask as many questions as you want. Just ask questions all the time. Well, they tell you a job is as an apprentice, but to learn. Yup, and I and I tell guys, I'm like, yo, and the thing about me is that if I if I ask a guy a question, and he answers it, that's not the end of it because I have to go to somebody else and verify. I'm like, yo, I heard this. Is this true? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so is this is this a, a, a quick way of doing the math on how to bend this pipe? Is this this that? You have to verify what you're learning. Not just that. How many times have you guys heard there's a hundred ways to skin a cat? Yep. I have had ten people show me the same task ten different ways, and like three of those and none ways, of them are wrong though. Exactly, three of those ways work best for me. Right, right. Not saying the other seven ways are not great. I just but it just doesn't they don't work, work for, for me the same way, right? Yeah. So the, again, the more you give yourself access to the information, the better you are at this skill. That's what it is. It's a skill. And even if we're not working for local three, even if you move to another another space anywhere in the world are we not picking up a skill that is employed mm-hmm. that keeps you employable no matter where you go yeah. let's say the the whole system breaks down guess mm-hmm. what you always gonna need an electrician <laughs> you, 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 you never go hungry you no. literally would never go hungry <laughs> god forbid local three ever go down you have a skill set no people are gonna need it um this one guy i'll never forget him i was a second year apprentice shout out chris barty <laughs> <laughs> i love him and Chris told me at this time, he was my journeyman, and he told me, you know what, kid? If you ever get laid off, don't take it personal. You look at your foreman and you just hold your tool bag and you say, thank you so much for this opportunity, but these, they come with me. (laughs) So the audience didn't see what I was doing. I was waving my two hands. So he basically taught me something. He said, he basically was telling me that it doesn't matter where you are. Your skills are your skills. So you can't take my skills from me. Okay, you laid me off, but these hands, they come with me. And the skills and my resume and my curriculum vitae that I build, it comes with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I tell guys, what the apprentice most time, like, yo, find a, uh, not, not for, find a, a journey, that build a relationship. Not a, many. Many. Whoever it is, build a relationship. Because number one, you're always going to need that person. And even during this time, when I left the first shop, you know, I, I'm a guy with, like, I like courtesy and respect. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally made it a phone call it. through everybody in the shop. And I was like, thank you, blah, blah, this and that. Every last one said the same thing. Like, yo, whatever, just call me if you ever have any questions. And I'm like, and it shows. When you put in the effort, you put in the work, you don't want, you don't want to be treated any different. You just want to be taught. It shows by how they respond to you. And coming into the field, like you said, judging females and a female that work and a female that doesn't, like Q, Q and I were in the same shop. And she, some of the guys, they still like, oh, yo, Q, yo, Q was really good. Q was really good. Because you see that somebody really wanted to do it. It's not about being a female or not. No. And yet it's somebody industry, that wanted to do it. Your reputation precedes you. Exactly. Like, like this is a male-dominant field, but it's, it's, it's a, it has to be a desire field. That, right. that's, I think that's what really, really matters. Because a man who doesn't want to do the job, it shows as well. Yep. It's not that just was my women. next statement. My next statement was, you just mentioned that the female that works and the female that doesn't work, that same dynamic exists with the men. You have the man that he puts in work and 
you know that you just have to tell him in the beginning of the day what you want done and you don't see him for the rest of the day and he's working and he's doing what he's supposed to do and then they have the other guy that every 15 minutes he's taking a bathroom break and he's always walking around and he's always looking up in the air and he has the blueprint under his armpit and <laughs> he has like this whole big smoke and mirror routine going yeah. on and it's just like and most what? of the time, what do they spend most of their career? On the bench, just like the woman who doesn't want to work. Exactly. So that's one thing that we got to say. It's it, it's kind of like even on that, unless you have the right last name or the right connections, you are going to need to actually earn your way in this industry. Right. Mm. Uh, Woody, do you have the right last name? Me? Yes, I do. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we all do. Aladdin. That's my last name. Aladdin. I always got to explain myself. No, it's not the genie. No, no. <laughs> First of all, Wadimi Aladdin is 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 just like a, a name within itself. It's like you just I have to explain every time. Uh, imagine showing the, up to the job site and telling people your name is Zena. <laughs> <laughs> the audience don't really know from back in the day. La, la, la. That used to be a dope show. Is Zeus coming in behind you? <laughs> what's Hercules? What's you Gabriella? You know, I was born what's before Gabriella? that show came out. Yo, Ga- what's it? What's it? Ga- what's it? Gabriella? I'm Gabriella? To that I know the answer, but I will I not. I know. Like, Woody Gabriella. Allen, Woody from Toy Story. I'm like, yo, bro, like. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, I get Ortega Taco. <laughs> Ortega. So, I mean, you know. Oh. So we all feel it. Like we said, we Ortega. all have the right names, okay? <laughs> Where did your name originate from? Because it's unique. My name, name is, is Zena. Unique. That's not unique. Friend Zena <laughs> is, is actually my mother's middle name. Mm-hmm. It's her mother's first name okay. with a, a variation. My grandmother's name is Bren Zena. And it's been passed down to the firstborn daughter mm-hmm. in my family for generations. Okay. So uh, if I ever have a daughter, I will be underneath the onus of making sure she actually gets the name Prince. First or middle name. She's gonna have it as a middle name, most likely. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So we covered that. Anything else anybody wanna add? Well, we're almost about to come to that. Cause the food is here. <laughs> well, do you have before any day in history? That- before that, I already kind of gave Today in History the okay, stuff okay, about the okay, Harry okay, Van Arsdale okay. in 1962. So I kind of did um, throw it out there. Um, um, I should the put you on three's history is, is really rich. Really rich. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the reason why we as women are able to thrive in this industry. And yes, it may take a, a physical toll on us and mental. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's... Uh, I don't think that's unique to us. They're just not as mm-hmm. verbal, I feel, like we are. We we have to preserve ourselves, so we have to be more verbal. I'm a lady at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I like to not have callous hands when I go oh, home and touch shit. my... I shake guys' hands. I knew, yo. And he's like, "What are those scales?" Literally, guys, you, you shake the hands like, "Yo, dude, like your hand is like cement black." Like, what is that? I'm like, "How do you touch? How do you touch a lady?" And they don't wear gloves. I'm like, every time, I'm like, "Hold on, I gotta put on my gloves." Uh, I'm like, "There's so no important. way." You ever felt someone's hand is like snagging? Sand as paper. They, I was like, "What's yes. going on?" Oh, that's so, how about um? We like to do this one little <laughs> more than one before more yeah, than, more than one. one more than one okay so this is another before that can before that we spoke about new so can you just um so give our little studio give a little brief uh history on new and is what it does or like um, I believe new came out around the seventies right uh, they have always been geared towards getting women access to non traditional work things that we don't normally have access to. And uh, our, our new is located in the city 
Let's believe over 34th Street. On 20th and 8th Avenue. See? Do you have the website on top of your head or no? Well, the website is www.new.org. Yes. Okay. But most importantly, their telephone number, if there's anyone who's interested, because if you know any woman or if you are a woman who's interested in this type of uh, field or any kind of field that's like this, you should definitely give them a call at uh, 212-627-6252. And they do offer day and night classes. So if you have a job already, you can still take advantage of their services in the evening. And it's and free, correct? Yes. It's free. And the minimum requirement is for the young lady to have her high school diploma or GED. Yes. yes. So minimum requirement. Very minimal. And if you, I believe they give out Metro cards as well. Yes. Uh, when I attended the program, they did. They You received a Metro card, so they're going to make sure you that you get, you get there. there. So I'm going to say new gives you 10%. The other 90% is, is you in. showing up. It's all on you. Yeah, so because if you can't pass their preliminary, right. they will not give you access to these jobs. It's their name is on the line as well yeah. right. by pushing women through their programs. If you're late three times, you're dropped. If you're absent three times, you're dropped. So people feel like a lot of uh, guys in the field, they're like opposed to this program. Not just guys, women, as I explained to you earlier, mm. I had the situation with the female. Um, some people are opposed to this program because they feel that new just gives you this job. Absolutely not. You have to work. It's sort of, well, they call themselves a pre-apprenticeship program. Mm. So you have to endure six weeks of lifting, carrying, of taking tests. They're mentally preparing you. So it's not just like, oh, you came through new, they just picked, they handed you this union job. It's not job. a culture shock. New, like mm-hmm. I said, is about 10%. They facilitated your entrance into the union. But if you don't put your part, you're not going to get through the program. And they are strict. Very mm-hmm. strict. Because they're there to facilitate your entrance into the program, but they will drop you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just but put it that way. Like they will drop you. Just like, just like your apprenticeship. But you have to understand, like, these that. opportunities, like, a, a new start to a life. Right. So yes. it's like, you, you don't need people that's not going to take the, the best chance at that opportunity because then, it, it, number one, it waters down the program, the value of the program. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure about you, but my class started out maybe, like, with 30, and we ended up graduating maybe, like, 17. You mm. would be surprised at how much it whittles down over the weeks. Right. And it's the same like the apprenticeship. Like, when you start an apprenticeship, your class could be, like, 28, 29 students, and by the time you guys, as a unit, get to fifth year, it's only, like, 15 to 20 of you guys left right because people drop off over the time you know mm. that the value isn't worth you know uh, so again you got to do the work i think the apprenticeship is great because when i first went there's like they tell me how much i was gonna start making in today's world 15 dollars <laughs> an hour i was like my heart sunk like i came from making decent money and i'm like oh, how am i gonna do this how am i gonna do this I but a, i took a seven dollar an hour hit when i came into this industry i had a good job but it was a there was a ceiling and i took I knew a 10 plus it. <laughs> yeah it's rough it, it is rough. rough but like but i said in the long in the long run it works i tell everybody you name me anything any job any career where you you start out making x amount but you get like a 45 dollar raise or plus <laughs> in a five and a half year period yeah you name it but the thing is you have to also it's, it's a sacrifice you're making financially but that could that that sacrifice could be made up like he knows i'm always out and about like yo 
got the job on me, come do a side job with him. You know what I mean? You know, he was saying, or, or I got I, I do my delivery job for whatever it was a ship. I, I do this, I do that, whatever it is. Like you can make you can make up the money you're losing. The time as well though, because it's a commitment in time. Yeah, I, 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 my social life went to nil when I got into the uh, mine did as well. I, you you I, cannot maintain. A, how about those getting out <sighs> college nights to have to wake up and start At four all o'clock over in, in the, the morning? morning right? I actually feel like it took me four years to get in, but it worked in my. I literally benefited from that because if, if if I was going when she was young, it would have been so difficult. Right. Yeah. Because who's she? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of pointing in the opposite direction. Yes, Nakai, so, my daughter. Yes, who she? Because I remember, you know, elementary school stuff like that. Like I, I was picking up. I was, you know, when I was working um, at sleepers or whatever. I was dropping off in the morning to go in there. Sometimes some days will alternate. Whatever the case may be, I was able to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that would have happened to me then. I got, I got college class. I got, I got um, theory class. And it's like my lifestyle wouldn't be the same. But now she can take the bus. Or sometimes even worse, I, I, I send a cab because at that point, you know, you could FaceTime your mother, you have your phone. Back then, she didn't have a cell phone. She was too young. Right. So now it's like people think, oh, as I say, it took me four years to get in. Like, oh, that's too long. But you never know. that Whatever the process is, just trust it. Yeah. It, it'll work in your favor. I came, I came in at 25 years old, and I remember when I first came into it, when I, the very beginning, I thought to myself, man, if only I'd have known about this earlier. I said the when same I was thing. 18, 19, 20 years old, I could have gotten a head start. But I, it took me a while to understand that the 18, 19, 20 year old Zena could not have. Maturity matters. Maturity is a huge part of this because you, you have to dedicate yourself to this. And you have to want it, like we said before, just yeah. like with you. You you cannot just a lot of a lot of people show up to you with with these grand perceptions of what they're going to get out of it. But right. if you don't put the work in and you don't really value what you're trying to get out of it, you're not going to get anything out of it. And that goes for anything that we put ourselves into, right? right? Male or female? <laughs> yes. Now, in all fairness, since we did mention the program new Z, would you like to mention how the general public can apply to local three? Um, okay, you want to so provide the phone can, number or the website? I, 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 <laughs> I will tell you that if you are in the general public and you want to get into the industry, you can go on to uh, jibei.org and you can uh, click the apprenticeship button and it will tell you uh, what number to call, which is mm-hmm. our joint board. Uh, 718- Two, yeah, 591-2000. I was waiting for Woody to finish I, was, I thought we were going to take turns, actually. I thought you were going to say the first, you were going to say the middle, I was going to say the end. I literally thought we were going to take turns. Well, let's try this again. Now. Let's huh? try this again. 718-591-5000. Okay, you messed that up. What numbers? I thought it was 2000. I thought it was 2002. I was messing with y'all. But, um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's not, it's, it, like what he said, it's, it, it is a process. I, I have a cousin who tried to go through the program, and he put in an application. He waited on a line that was a, a three-day-long line. Wow. There, there are different, like you said earlier, Woody, there mm. are different doors to get into this local. Mm. And if you really don't have access of somebody, like, pushing you through, you have to go through a very onerous process. And uh, they don't usually only take, like, out of the eight, ten thousand applications they may get, they will only take like the first fifteen hundred to two thousand applications to consider. To consider that doesn't mean you're getting in. And then there's a lengthy uh, process of uh, testing, of interviewing. I've actually sat in on uh, apprentice interviews, and you are the parameters of what you are being graded yeah. against. It, I had to go know? through it. <laughs> and, and so you remember, I had to go through it. And, and one of the easiest way to get thrown out. 
to not even be considered is make any error on your application. Oh it is over. They will trash it in a it's second. It's over? It's over. Gone. Game over. What, what I did is, I, I did it smart. What I did is, I made a whole bunch of copies. Remember, they send it to you in color. So you have to send that same exact one. It's like you can't do a white out on it. No. I made a whole bunch of copies and I kept filling it out. Because, you know, you, you think you're writing something, but you're really not. You make mistakes as you write. Believe it or not. You make, just like when you text, you think you, you type something and you, you go and you write, oh, like, oh. When it, when, it is, when it actually goes through, you're like, oh, oh there's yeah. a lot of mistakes. Then you got to put an asterisk, but I said, <laughs> done or unfinished. Like, so, because Warren told me, he goes, yo, make sure, again, it's always best to have somebody that you know to I'm guide sorry, Warren, you. but go ahead. Huh? <laughs> so he's like yo just make sure you, you fill everything out right and i made multiple copies and you know i think it's a whole bunch of pages so i went i made multiple copies i kept filling out the copies to make sure i made no mistake and when i got to that final copy that was perfect i literally sat down i did i did to another copy to make sure i did not make a mistake then i fill out the real application z would you like to tell us or tell the audience why are they so stringent on your application being near perfect or without any errors i can tell you what i believe i don't i can't say exactly but my belief is that um this is a very highly sought position mm -hmm. to be in this local out of all the locals it's one of the strongest locals in the country right so um there are very limited spaces and those spaces are slotted you know for years so even if you do get accepted you may have to still wait three or four years before you actually get a phone call to come to school and they need to limit who they're allowing in so that they are not overcome with people who are not dedicated to what they say they want to do and if you wait three or four years to come into this industry that means you really want this right you know so i i would say a lot of it is just because they want to they want to narrow the, the flow of people who are coming in. I think also it has to do with to see preliminary. That word. Preliminary. <laughs> <laughs> if you can follow instructions. Extreme. You you hit it on the. Because they pay for your schooling. Absolutely. That, that she made such mm -hmm. a great point that I did not point out. That's absolutely a big part of it. Because if you think about apprenticeship as well, it's the same way. When you're taking coffee order, like a lot of times people don't like that like servitude position of going and take coffee order or putting the delivery items in the right but place. But what is that really serving? It's serving the fact that you cannot do this job if you can't take direction. Right. If you are not open enough to learn something or to listen to direction and actually follow the rules the way they are set, you really are not going to excel in this industry. So does this also fall in the in line with there's a job for everyone? Absolutely. To For this team to work? Absolutely. For the dynamics to work? Every person has to have a job. Yeah, and a great foreman knows that. There right. is a job for us all, and you'll find the right things for us to do. Definitely, definitely. So, so now, Woody, in closing, before we close and that pizza gets cold, because he keeps so looking hungry. behind his shoulder because he's no, actually, like, I thought I heard something. The door open. <laughs> so how about, what's the word for today? Actually, do you no. Want to tell no, Z first about, of no? all, no. no. What we do first is random thought. Yeah, you're right. Ah. See, this is what happens when you haven't recorded in so long and somebody's just been slacking and they, they, just, they just don't have the dedication. Does he want me to take 85%? I already said 80. Should I take 85, Z? I think he'll feel better if he did. Okay, I'll take 85, Woody. Can I buy that for a dollar? No. <laughs> All right, so we do this thing as a yeah. random thought. It has nothing to do with it. Just, just a random just thought that just pops. Random. Some random that could crush your mind yesterday, today, or just now. All right? Okay. Just, just like a really random thought.
that I have. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, E, go ahead. E, e can go first and give okay. you an example. I wonder what I need to start a beehive. It's oh, <laughs> a great name for it. <laughs> no, she's gonna she's gonna explain more though. <laughs> because I'm into the conservation and preservation of the bees, and a lot of people are not aware of the fact that bees are becoming extinct and in certain parts of America we actually rent bees from Australia to pollinate our crops so isn't that something we rent we're renting bees Mm. because of all the pesticides and chemicals that we use in our crops Mm. we're killing the bees so if you guys see bees don't kill the bee because they're really becoming extinct. And if the bees die, as I said, they pollinate about 90% of our crops. So if the bees die, we die. So that was my random That's thought. That's mad random. That was a good one, actually. I like a random yeah, thought. Yeah, um, So I, random thought that I had the other day. Are we about to go into a food shortage? That's something I thought about the other day. Are we about to? I believe that that may be Explain. a problem. Okay, so I have... I have friends that I love to death because they think about things that I don't normally think about and one of them reached out to me the other day and was like Zina I think you should stock up on everything canned in water mm. and I, I asked her why she says well uh, uh, in the south there it seems like their shelves are looking like pre-pandemic like right before we shut down and um, so I'm telling you that the apocalypse is near <laughs> so prepare so I had a random thought about should I be worried about a food shortage <laughs> is that random enough for you? That's, that's random. <laughs> you have me thinking. Now. <laughs> Look, I'm just no, sitting like, I have space in my basement. Because <laughs> over here, like, remember, we we produce a lot of food, but it's not really good food. Right. Yes. So are we going on a food shortage? Or are we going on a good food shortage? Good question. Because remember, Cause the chicken's on steroids. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so glad that he said that because that was the first thing that that popped mm. in my head. Is, is, is our processed foods coming to a shortage? Right. Or is, like... Formed foods a problem. Both, if you go by my random thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Pollination. So it is connected Ooh. in a place. Okay. Right. Well, my random thought is I'm really struggling with procrastination. Like I am bad, and I realize it. it, it it's, it's bad because <laughs> a lot of things that's happening in my life now. I'm like, yo, I could have addressed this addressed this like a long time ago. Now, for example. I got the car, the car got hit. But my other car was sitting in front of my house for over a month. Over a month. And all I kept saying is, uh, I, I take it to get fixed. And now literally, literally down to one car that I have to borrow. And I'm like, this is my doing. Wasn't you talking about this situation when we called you to set this up? You was going to yes. do something about that car? Yo, it's and that was Did what, he? two weeks ago, right? Has he? And, it was two weeks ago. And I dropped, I dropped the Lexus off to my uncle last Saturday. And I'm like... It was, and to realize it was just an alternator problem. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, I could have fixed it. And I'm thinking, like, I'm like, this is bad because the car died on me. Yo, Z, for real. We were yeah, going, you could have we gotten this. We were, we were in Jersey going to uh, uh, the, the Jets practice. I'm a Giants fan, but we into, I'm into football. So she tags along. She's into basketball and, and, and other things. That's great. So stop saying she. Who's she? Ah, I always can see me. Nakai, Get my her, daughter. Her pops. Thank you. Huh? Football. Wait, you want to talk into the mic? No. Okay, she doesn't want to talk. She's into football, but she's not a football fan like I am. So the car literally died on on the highway. We missed the event. I had it all planned. I was going to have a good time because we've been there before. It's pretty cool. We had great seats. They put on a nice fireworks show. 
it was a nice day out for us. Right. So now I got the car towed back on my delivery the next day because they can't get a, a tow truck to tow me back from Jersey to my house. Uh, they, uh, they, they they accepted the cl- the call, but it's like a driver on a Saturday at six p.m. and the Jets from, game is on. And the thing is, traffic alone, I'm like, this is gonna be bad. Luckily, a friend of mine was went to the event. He ended up picking us up and taking us home. Oh, nice. nice. So, I left. I left the car sitting there forever. Why? Because I had another option. Mm. And now I realize, I really don't have much options. <laughs> and it's just, it just has it's to do with everything. It's, it's the car, and I let my bank card expire, and I went. I had to went to pay. I went to pay my credit card. So what happened? I, I put because I I've been completely different with MCU. Like I use MCU for my credit card. I was I, at, uh, sorry, random thought because we're in thought. that space right now. I yes. went to MCU today. Mm-hmm. I got there at twelve oh three. The one on Springfield below. Right That's what I used to go to sometimes. Right? And and my so my partner is not from New York. He's from Indiana, so mm-hmm. he's not used to a lot of uh, our customer service ways. Mm-hmm. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so at twelve oh three, when we Next. show up to this place, there's a line hanging out of the door, and I mm-hmm. told him before we got there, it's going to be a madhouse because it's Saturday and it's the only one in the borough in my mm-hmm. mind, right? So we get there, we see the line that's hanging out of the store, and we the, the security officer on the left, not even a teller, she's like. Uh, pointing to everybody asking them what they need and, and I told them you know I need to see somebody and sit down and she looked at her watch and she oh, was man. like no she asked she actually asked the, the woman who was uh, the teller and the, and the woman who was the teller like with a straight attitude was like we shut that down at 12 o'clock she can't come in right now and I'm like it's 12 oh, are you kidding me <laughs> you make an appointment yeah, but the, the, the security terrible. officer was very nice she was like come in take a picture of this make an appointment so you don't have to deal with this next time but I'm sorry I just wanted to say right. that MCU <laughs> can do so much better yo right. MC, I, like, I only use MC for my credit card only I don't really bank with them so my card expired I said oh because I want to deposit money to pay my credit card and I'm like oh I can't deposit money I'm like damn so I'll I have money in my account. I pay my credit card, but I'm like, I want to put more money in there. I'm like, I'm going to call them. I'm going to go. I'm like, I'll call them my lunch break. I'll call them after work. One time I call them, they literally had me on hold for like 45 minutes. Come to find out, oh, we already mailed you a new card. I'm like, I didn't get a new card. Then I realized I still didn't get the new card. I'm going to call them and let them know I need a new card. I, I literally called them yesterday to ask for a new card. How long has this played out? Oh, my card expired in July. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can I give you a suggestion? No, I'm getting better. Actually, no. I would, hold on, hold on. I'm going to take a suggestion. What I realize is it costs, it started costing me money. Yeah. That's the problem. That's what's edging me to start doing better. But go ahead, I'll take your advice. Write things down. That that means nothing to me. I actually have. What about I'll, a reminder on your phone? No, what I'm saying. I'm telling you. you. But if you start writing things down and is right there whether it's in your phone or you physically write things down you have to train yourself because this is a negative behavior that you have so in order for you to conquer this negative behavior you have to confront it in your face so if you make a list if you make a list of things that you know you have to do you have to hold yourself accountable for doing what's on that list that helped me because I used to kind of do the same thing, like, oh, yeah, I'll pay that tomorrow. And then when I realized, I'm like, oh, shit, I had to pay that last week. (laughs) So I started writing things down, like physically writing things down. And, you know, I look and I'm like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do that. Mm. And it makes me accountable because I wrote it down because it's important to me. So I have to do this. I actually have a dry erase board and I have notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think my problem is I like, for some reason, I thrive on the chaos. 
that's that's I think that's my when I feel like my back is against the wall, that's when I like I feel like I can do better. When I feel like yo, I have to do something. Like no, you just developed a good defense mechanism. No, it is. So I I I'm in the middle of you guys right now because yeah. I like Erica, like Liz. I like to cross things off and and check them. It get I get satisfaction from that, so it helps me. But on the other side, I have a strong strong procrastination streak. To the point where, like, for an example, I had a 15-page paper due, and I knew about it three weeks in advance, and I gave myself, like, less than 15 hours to write it, right? So, like, I I believe that there's something there, and a lot of it comes from the fact that you know you can. As long as you know you can. It's a balance. That's why you you have to balance it. You have to balance it, but the problem is that if you know you can... You're constantly overestimating what you can do. Too much and you, time. And, and that chaos yourself. that you're talking about, mm-hmm. that you're saying that you thrive in, mm-hmm. I want you to start to think about, because this is what I have to do for myself. Like, if I could do so well in this in this in time chaos. frame, how much more can I bring to the table if I actually gave myself, myself the time to do it right? Or the space to, to actually thrive. Right, because right? I, I understand I, I understand where he's coming from. No, I do too, because I'm a cruncher. So when I take tests, <laughs> I usually look at the information one hour before the test, and then I could just repeat it right away and ace the test. That's one thing I can't study. When I study, yeah, my I mind wanders. I can't study either. My mind wanders. Yeah, That's why, like, right well. before a test, like you said, I'll skim through my books. So I look at my notes. Wired. That yeah, just I, says like just wait till last minute so that you don't have too much going on at the nah like it's like I said like I have to know like I have no other choice to get it done to actually get it done like like I said remember when I was cutting that board and I was struggling <laughs> and I'm like you know what I have to get I have to get this project done like I have to and that's when I was like yo it's like oh you I was like yo, let me keep trying let me keep trying because I was like, I was like I have to keep trying because right. I need like once I know like yo. I cannot walk out of here without getting these things cut. Like it, it doesn't sit in. It does not sit well with me. So like I feel like the the longer I wait, when I have no choice, me as a man with pride and know like I need to get this done, actually fuels me. It pushes right. me. But like Z just said, if you can perform magic in this chaotic moment, imagine the beautiful world that you create around you just by giving yourself time. I'm going to tell you why. Me being me, I do not like idle time. I hate being idle. I've always been, she'll tell you, I'm always, I, I need something to do. But see, so when I'm procrastinating, I'm doing other things, to right? Space. To fill that space. But if I do my task, it's like, yo, there's other things, it's like, now I'm, 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 I'm looking for something to do. But I'm procrastinating because I have other things coming to me at that time. I, I, I don't know if I have ADD. I don't know. <laughs> like, seriously. Because I, I, idle time does not sit well with me. I cannot literally have idle time. I need to move. Well, if I you need have to be idle out time, then that means that you need to find productive things to occupy. Why do you think I volunteer places? I do things. I'm like, yo, I, I call my friends. So I call it's, like, one, what do you of, it's do? one of the other things. Either you're, yeah, it's one time. or two <laughs> things. You either have too much idle time or you have too much on your plate. And mm. that's why you're procrastinating. No. So it's not too much. I, I, I need a lot on my plate because I'm telling you, I cannot study. If I have to like literally sit there and study, and I'm like, my mind wanders because it's too. It's, there's, I need. I need. It comes with training, you know. Same with not procrastinating. It's a mm-hmm. level of training, and if you it, so, I what I hear Woody is that you 
procrastinate, but you enjoy procrastinating. Like you like, you like. So <laughs> right. this is not a problem you want to fix. This is something I'm, I'm you want to justify. Fi- I, I'm gonna. So fix was it. this really a random thought? No. <laughs> no, you know what it is. I'm gonna fix what costs me money. That's or did gonna... someone accuse him of procrastinating, and he's just using this platform no, actually, actually, to no, let them know, like I thrive in I it. Thrive. No, it's okay. actually, I, I, I've acknowledged. I'm like, wow. Like I could. It's I, I really could have done this. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I could have literally gotten this car fixed. Like a long time ago. Yeah, now you it's had inconvenience. You a girl with you on a highway and the car stopped working. And wow. this is why, and then you know what happened? I went, I got it, we went out and bought another car. Because I'm like, you know what? This is not going to happen again. Do you want to uh, let. Uh, I tell Zeno off the air. I, tell okay. Zeno, I bought a new car. Yeah, I bought a new you car see, and everybody got hit, but I'm going to tell you a story. How soon later? You see, I was like, do you want How soon after you purchased the brand so new vehicle? So you don't vehicle? have options, is what huh? we're talking about. Well, I have options now, but okay, it's, it's so not how my long options. Before you got into the incident with the brand new I vehicle? I picked up the car Thursday evening. I got hit. Monday. Oh my god! I, I think we talked. We, we talked about this. I got hit Monday. I was telling you that that's that's so sad. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So it's like now, like Louis is still sitting there in the shop being fixed. Oh my but. god! So well, well, but he took it to the shop. Yeah, it's being fixed. Okay. Because, because you knew why? It's new. Because it's new. <laughs> but remember, the old car. I just had to sit in there. If it was the old car, I'd be still be sitting there. <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now. Let's get ready to end our night. Oh, yes, because I'm hungry. Yes, because we're all hungry. And before Woody gets hangry. (laughs) So the last segment of our show is that we allow our guests to pick a word. Rhyme time. And then, right, we rhyme the word. So it's like we just bounce over each other. So you pick a word and we all have to find a word that rhymes with the word that you chose. And you got to think quick because you probably got like only a two second gap. Oh, is this my two seconds right now? No, well, I'm no, talking about once we start. For example, say like I, I would have picked the word start. You'd be like smart, cart, guard, ah, lar, you know, things like that. Part. <laughs> I, gave you, I, gave you a lot of, I gave you a lot of words that end with art, so I don't think you want that word. <laughs> I just gave you a lot of words. Oh, my God. So, Good ready? Word. Three, two, we one. Go clockwise. Pillow. Willow. Billow. Is that even a word? Look it up. If you did not, <laughs> look it up. Okay. Uh, nah, I can't follow up. <laughs> I don't know. I know what? Since your first time you choked, I'll let you pick another word. We'll give you another word. He just tried to tell me that my word was not a word. Because sometimes he be making stuff up. I don't care what you tell me. I'm just me. an articulate young lady. Oh, I'm sorry. my God. <laughs> so I'm All trying right. to pick a word that's easy. Plant. What? Plant. Oh. Can't. Ant. Rant. Ant. Fant. That don't rhyme. <laughs> I had something in my mind, so that's not a real word, though. <laughs> All right, so three, third time's a charm. Right, Scant. Third time's it's a charm. So yeah. Guys, this is... Yeah, you're supposed me. to prepare me for this before. All right, this so is let's go with a, This was your a, preparation. Let's go with a, 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 a more... Um, easy word. That was an easy word. Okay. All right, I'm going to go with... Um, sit. Fit. Bit. Pit. Mit. Tit. Just. Knit. Git. Zit. Lit. Mit. I said mit. You said mit? Yes, but oh, I'll take it. Go ahead. Uh, oh, zit. I said zit. You said, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at Kaiba. Uh, um, rip. Uh, oh, I'm out. Fine. See you I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Bit. Kit. Clit. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I lost. Wit. <laughs> Knit. I said knit already. With a K or with an N? Oh! I good said one, it with a one. K, so good I guess you can put the knit. Go on, go on, go on. All right, And he wins again. Yo, she always wins. I don't know why. Ah, oh, she always I'm wins. I don't know why. Next time I come back, this oh, is not part of Wait, the you know show. I was ready. I had my next word ready. Right? Yes, I know you was ready. That's why I was like, I, I talked about to time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But um, that was def- great. Z, thank you for coming in. Thank you know, for um, me. It was yes, a good thank you so much for stopping by. It's informative. Gives a different look on different things. And thanks for coming in. Wait, before we close, I'm sorry. Would you recommend ladies coming into the unions? Absolutely. Absolutely. You didn't figure that after she gave out all this information? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we need more of us. I mean, yes, but she can just be speaking on her current situation Mm -hmm. and she's she's content and satisfied with the way her life is going, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that she would recommend it for another female. Oh, true, no, I would true. always recommend this for another female. I don't think that all women are fit for this industry. Okay. If you don't, like we said earlier, if you're not going to, if this is not something you think you're going to enjoy doing, Do you don't. have to have a backbone? Absolutely. I, you have to have a tough skin. You can, and it's something that you can, you can get over years, but. You, I was going to say, is this something that you can, um, as the time goes on, you acquire? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, again, I showed up with no experience. I had no idea what I was coming into. I told you guys a little story earlier about like not liking being spoken to a certain kind of way. But if you you need to be able to stand up for yourself from day one. But other than that, you'll learn everything else. All right. Come. All right. Th- um, anything you want to add before we go? No, I just want to thank everybody for coming out today and explaining to our listeners the ups and the downs of not only being in a construction trade union, but uh, electrician union in particular. Mm. So thank you. All right. Until next time, folks, check us out at somethinginterestingradio.com, something interesting radio on Instagram, and also check out hassofashion.com. Until next time. Until next time. Do-do.